Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? It's for jugglers and jugglets. Listening to the best best friends podcast in the world. Who do you think you are? I am. Yo, everybody. It's felt like it's felt like a month in between our last two podcasts. I feel like it has been a very long time. I forgot you went away for a while. I just didn't hear from yeah. you. So I was, I didn't know if something happened. To I, I was up in the mountains. Uh, I've, I've emerged from the, the wilderness, a, a, a more rejuvenated uh, podcast host. Um, you know, I was, I was really just being in the out outdoors, um, in my cabin, um, you know, just living off the earth with, uh, with wifi access and a shower and live TV. Um, you know, it really, it really changes a person. Um, so, you know, I'm back, I'm rejuvenated. I'm ready to get into this episode. We're going to go super beer heavy. Um, and this kind of episode is right up my alley because we are going to be talking about some crispy boys. Oh yeah. This is a crispy episode. Anyway. So you are listening to the internationally acclaimed Cindy Crawford approved podcast of barley hops and friendship. It's the best, best friends podcast in the world. I am your host, Tom, AKA King crisp. And I'm Dan, a little bit more rugged. The Roars for a rattlesnake. There it is. Uh, all right. And our guests can't hear those sounds because I didn't set it up that way. Um, but there was music playing. Uh, and we're joined today by um, a little bit different, I guess, of a guest that we've had. Um, yeah, not a brewer, not a home brewer. This is completely out of left field for us. Yeah, he's a beer educator. Um, you can follow him on Instagram and see his beer education videos. Uh, he has different varieties. He has quickies, he has long ones. Uh, he is proper Josh. Josh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. So to be here. So this is a, a first for us in in a couple different aspects of. Uh, you're our first West Coast guest, um, and it only makes sense that if we're going to have a guest from the West Coast, if we're going to have our first West Coast guest, it has to be from San Diego, Absolutely. which is basically the craft West Coast craft beer mecca. Some people would argue the America's craft beer mecca, but I'd argue, argue Pennsylvania. Um, definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also popped our... I'm going to steal your line, Dan. We popped our, uh, our beer shipping cherry. 
Oh man, you took my line. I yep. even wrote it down. <laughs> Come on. After I, I was like, I'm gonna write this down quick. Yeah. I you you really should learn to stop writing lines down around me because I just steal them. I know you can see them. I'm just gonna get one of those privacy screens. <laughs> um so we shipped uh we we've been talking for a while about shipping beer, how to ship beer, how to get beer shipped to us. Um you know, we've talked to, we've talked to Zeppi and, and our New Jersey constituents and, uh, you know, about the finer arts of, uh, uh of shipping beer across the country. And, uh, ours didn't go great. Our first try didn't go great. Our, our first attempt at beer muling. I've, yeah. he- I've heard that term too, which I think is a lot better term than shipping beers. Yeah. I guess muling it is, beer. I guess it is technically illegal to, ship the beers across the country or through across state lines. I guess for us it is, but what, what about know. these other companies? I like, I don't know what the legality is. With I, it. I don't know. I really feel, I do feel like Burt Reynolds in smoking the bandit though. Yeah. It's bound and down. Bring him back. The, tea or kombucha or something. I'm sorry. What was that? Just tell him it's tea or kombucha or homemade lotion, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> did you do the, uh, did you put any noise making? I did not. No, no, I just, I sealed, I sealed them up to the point where you couldn't hear anything. <laughs> All right. We've been told that, uh, some people will put, uh, the four, the four pack or they'll put the four packs. They'll tape them together with pennies in each slot. So it rattles when it moves so you can't hear the liquid sloshing around but you know oh yeah I, could, I couldn't hear the liquid i had to give it like the ace ventura test as i was like going to the uh, post <laughs> office i'm just like kicking it down the hallway <laughs> um so enjoy those beers josh yeah i mean <laughs> i was i was super bummed when i got the message uh that they came extremely hot um and we put what do we put two ice packs in there yeah we put two ice packs in there yeah I don't know. Yeah, you're so excited. I cut it open with a knife and got jelly everywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> this whole thing is a disaster. Oh, man. Shut it down. A box was so big, I thought you sent me a case. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're not that rich. Um, this is a low budget podcast. <laughs> we have no sponsors. Wait, we have one sponsor. We have, we have one sponsor. We've made $12 so far. It's been six months. <laughs> yeah. Our sponsor isn't very good. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. We love you. You're paying us. Um, all right. So um, I think since, you know, Josh is, this is Josh's thing is he's a beer educator. You know, if you follow him on Instagram, um, which he's definitely well worth the follow. Um, he, he does a great job breaking down beers. Uh, the quickies are great. Cause it's just like, here's a beer I'm drinking. Here's what it tastes like. This is the notes that you're going to get from it. Boom. Done. Um, I, I think we should just hop right into these beers. Don't you? Yeah. We should just dive right into this first one here. All right. So, um, the first one we're going to do, Josh, is we're going to do, uh, the business casual. Yeah. So we kind of had a theme for these beers. Um, well, one theme being they're both from the same brewery, which is well-crafted beer company out of Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Um, home of some great breweries, home of some great bands. Um, it's a place that I, uh, hold dear to my heart, played a lot of shows there. Um, drank a lot of beer in that town. So I wanted to bring something awesome from the East coast over there to the West coast with, um, two different types of Pilsner. So we'll start with the first one, which is business casual, which is a standard Pilsner. Uh, and so, um, what Dan, Dan's going to break down, uh, the description that's on untapped. Um, and for us, you can follow us on untapped. Our untapped is at best, best friends pod. That's at best, best friends P O D. 
All right, Josh, that was that was a little POD breakdown. I'm gonna say, did you bring a San Diego band just for me? No, you know, <laughs> this is POD is the official band of our our podcast. Uh, Every time we have to spell our like our sign off or anything or our tag, we're like, it's at best, best friends pod. That's at best, best friends POD. And every time we say we're like, we should just have POD play every time we do it. Well, it worked out perfectly. Yeah. Ex San Diego staple. <laughs> um, it's like hold music when you call a San Diego company. They're like, oh, please hold. <laughs> Boom, this is the <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Josh, you, where can they follow you on on tap? Uh, same as my uh, Instagram is proper Josh. There you go. Um, friends or not yet, but uh, we'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll get on that. Yeah, we'll get on that before the uh, before the end of this episode. And it is proper underscore Josh. So yep. for everybody following along, that's yep. at proper underscore Josh. Um, and then Dan, what are we drinking right for this first beer? Yeah, the first one we are drinking here is Business Casual by Wellcrafted Beer Company. Uh, the uh, description from Untapped is a win-win for you and your taste buds. We brewed this Pilsner with the finest imported German Pils malt and hopped gently with I'm not going to try to pronounce this. Saz? Zaz? Zaz? Ooh. Saz? There we yeah. go. You got to get the uh, professional. That's our, it's our first, it's our first yeah. education there. No European hop classic for Pilsners. Perfect. Smooth, balanced and approachable. It's just business. Let's keep it casual. So this is just your standard issue Pilsner for the first one. Um, so let's dig in. You All right. Some glassware so, for this yeah, one, sir. Let's get some glassware going here. Uh, I think we're going to choose Pilsner glasses for, our I think Pilsners. we're going to choose Pilsner glasses for our Pilsners because I mean, why not? Thank you, sir. Oh, all right. All right. We got some Pilsner glasses. Yours is a Pilsner glass from a brewery that does, it's a cidery. A cidery glass. Yeah, Chris, too. Crispin cider. I'm always like, I fear the Pilsner glass being a short guy and just having a glass like this big just makes <laughs> me look even smaller. So like Would as anybody a, like a, <laughs> yeah, if I'm, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm standing at a bar with a Pilsner glass, I'm, I just look so small with it. Like I'm just like a child holding it. Or just like a man drinking a huge beer. Maybe, maybe I just look like glass half full, Dan. Yeah. I have Pils, to be more Pilsner positive. Glass I, have half be, full. I have to be positive. Like proper Josh. Hey, over He's got that. The San Diego Posse attitude. There you go. All right. So let's crack Although these. Has a better tan than me right now. So what is that? Their Dan there has a better tan than me right now. So maybe he's the San Diegan. <laughs> well, that's his, that's his uh, Native American permatan. Yeah. That's oh. a, yeah. That's a Northeast thing right here with the natives. <laughs> <laughs> if he had a soft glow lamp on him. I know it's nice. This is my makeup tutorial. Uh, light. <laughs> All right. Let's do a little crack here. Uh, one, two, three. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, it's a quality crack. I missed that last episode. Mm. Pour here. As I'm pouring this, I think I can read Tom's mind, and he's just going, please let Josh's not be skunked. Please let Josh's not be skunked. Are we skunked, Josh? No, a skunk would come from light stroke. In a can, it's pretty impossible. We're good. Ah, we might get go. a little oxidation from... Uh, age and or heat but skunking would be pretty rough it's good. it's good all right well let's dig into this so josh sancha oh yeah there he is cheers he is. cheers Dan. 
So I'm going to defer to the uh, beer educator and uh, let him tell us about this beer as he's uh, enjoying it there. So what do we get? Uh, let me ask you. I, I, I hate to go first. I hate to stomp on people's opinions, <laughs> and perspectives, you know, because as soon as I say something, everybody's really quick to agree. And I, I don't you got to try for yourself. OK, so yeah, I'm, first. for me, I mean, I'm a I'm a big Pilsner fan. Um, for me, uh, I mean, this is tastes like a a pretty classic Pilsner. You know, I'm getting uh, the Pilsner malt. Um, I am getting a little bit, just a really subtle hint of citrus. I'm trying to put my nose on it. I'm thinking like a little bit of lemon peel. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get all these flavors here. I mean, it's definitely, to me, it tastes like a nice, clean, crisp Pilsner. Yeah, this is a standard issue Pilsner beer for me. Um, nothing that's really jumping out that makes me like differentiated from a lot of different Pilsners I've had. Um, I do like that little subtle sweetness it does have, but um, just like the pil- the classic like Pilsner malt taste is like kind of what I'm getting with this. It's got a it's got a nice clarity to it for sure. Yeah, they have a nice facility um, right right there on uh, Main Street in Lansdale. I'm not getting any, I don't have any floaties on mine. Good centrifuge work. Cent- Again, every time we try and say that word, I can't, I can't say that word every time I stumble Cent- on it. Centrifuge. Centrifuge. Um, yeah. So Josh, uh, what, what are you, what are your thoughts on this beer? Initially it's super pale, like a, like a super straw gold, which is, is correct as it should be. I got a slight bit of haze in mind. Like it's definitely not crystal clear as opposed like, like most Pilsners would be like a long uh, time log range, typically going to clear this right up. Maybe we have a little bit of chill haze. I don't know, but mine's definitely not absolutely clear, but it's definitely clear enough to be, you know, a Pilsner, Mm -hmm. but I've definitely seen uh, clearer. Um, on the nose, that sit that citrus you were talking about, I, it's definitely lemon. I was I was like I was mm-hmm. stoked for you. I had a little ew, good job. When <laughs> I saw his face when uh, when you said that. I was like, oh, Josh got it too. <laughs> I've been I've been doing my uh, I've been doing my homework and watching all your uh, all your quickies. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lemon note, and that huge pilsner malt. Um, mm-hmm. I typically describe pilsner malt as like like hay or straw. Yeah, it's a, it's a very specific smell. And it has like a, some people lean grass and it depends on, um, you know, the amount used or the type used. They, I think that would you guys say, they said the finest German Pilsner malt or something. Yeah. I don't know uh, who was doing the grading that day. <laughs> it's definitely got that, that hay or straw or grass, um, aroma on the malt. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. definitely, it also has like a little bit of a corny note. Um, craft breweries, at least in my experience, or at least out here, don't typically use a lot of adjuncts when brewing their lagers and pilsners like your macro breweries do. Like you get your uh, Coors Light, your Miller's Light, your Budweiser. They're actually going to use corn and rice mm-hmm. in the bill to uh, lighten up the body and lower the calories and such. Yeah. Um, craft breweries don't typically do that, at least in my experience. But it does have a bit of a corny smell. Unless they use unless they use maize malt, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I didn't I didn't see that anywhere advertising on it 
I, I highly doubt it, but it is, it is common practice, especially on, on the macro side to do that. But I highly doubt it on the craft side. Um, I wanted to add something. I, oh, um, I do get like a little ever so slight uh, hop bite to it from the, the saws. Yeah. Um, Those should classically have like a, what they call a noble hop spiciness. Mm -hmm. It's like an herbaceous spicy note, not spicy like a pepper, but like spicy, like an herb. Um, I'm not necessarily getting that. I'm getting maybe a little bit of like wet paper and that could be either due to the age of the beer or, um, the heat it underwent in shipping. Is there a Candon date on here? Well, I have one, but I can't read it. It's on the edge of my lip there. 520. 520. So yeah, we're looking at almost two months old at this point. So it, it's definitely possible that there'd be some oxidation and oxidation will come across as like wet cardboard or wet paper. Um, it's not, it's not dominating. It's not ruining the beer by any means, but if you knew to look for it, it's definitely present. Um, so <clears throat> So what goes, what goes into your, when you're, when you're tasting a beer, what are you, you know, what's your, your steps? You know, we've had, we've had, uh, we've had Cicerones, you know, give us kind of a walkthrough of, you know, how to, how to open your palate, you know, what you should be looking for, you know, kind of basically just how to treat your palate, uh, to open it up. So you're, you're getting the, the fullest flavor, um, and you're getting all the flavors that, are meant to be in the beer. Um, what's your, what's your process into drinking beer? I think everybody's process is kind of personalized. I mean, you figure out what works for you, but uh, I started out by just following like a BJCP, which is beer judge certification program. Like they have a scorecard for beer competition and it kind of just goes in that order. And I typically just follow that order. Um, actually with, uh, appearance, aroma, a uh, flavor, mouthfeel and overall. And I kind of just go through, check those boxes as I go down. Um, there's different, um, smelling procedures people will do. And if you've spoken to Cicerones and stuff, you'll know. And a lot of people say to do like a, a couple, uh, quick sniffs, just like a real quick, and then maybe a long one after those quick ones, because apparently the way the air enters your mouth and comes across your back of your palate, you'll get different things. I don't know if there's any truth to that or not, but I do it anyway. And some people will do like the, the flyby. Uh, okay. I've seen the flyby. <laughs> it's just, see, you know, it's just whatever works for you. You know, I think as you were saying before, uh, proper glassware is key. You want to make sure that you always pour into a proper glass. Uh, Pilsner glass is a poor example because it's just like a flute. Right. But I like a tulip glass for any beer because you have that, that bell bottom and then it kind of shoves the uh, aromatics up through the skinnier top. That's my standard I, issue at home. Yeah. yeah. We have, we, like we have a, a Cicerone rated or Cicerone approved tulip glass. Oh yeah. The TQ. Yeah. yeah we TQ. have the, the TQ. TQ for sours typically. Um, yeah. Or lambics and such. Um, yeah, I mean, when I, when I drink a beer, I typically, I kind of, I feel like I drink it almost like a, like how you're supposed to drink wine is I I like to shove my nose into the glass as I'm taking a sip and kind of bring in all of the aromas with the, you know, with the sip. Um, I want to do that. So I'm, I'm getting the, I'm getting the proper Josh uh, seal of approval on, on all of my, uh. I mean, oh my if you look yeah. at the size of this glass, I'm, I'm just shoving it in my face anyway. <laughs> I'm just, it's, it's your head in there. I know. You can almost <laughs> half of my face goes in this glass. 
As a Pilsner guy, what'd you think of the body on this and this, the sweetness and the balance? Um, so I, I kind of base all what it, there was a, a certain, there was a pale lager that we had, um, a couple episodes ago that really turned me from, I was, I was always a, a stout guy, you know, a stout and Porter darker beer. Um, I liked those. And then Dan got me into, uh, some hazies and, you know, the IPAs, double IPAs, Imperials. Um, I wouldn't even say the hazies right off the bat. I've been an IPA guy for like 15 years trying mm-hmm. to get you into them and you wouldn't, you wouldn't touch an IPA for like, so long. I finally got you to like them as soon as they got hazy. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the pale lager kind of turned me and it, it, it made me look for beers like that. You know, it was, it was very crispy, very light. Um, and I, this to me doesn't really fall too much into that category. It's, uh, a little too sweet for what I look for in a, in a Pilsner. Um, it's not, it doesn't have that, like, it doesn't really have like a crispy snap to it that I thought it was going to have. Um, and like you said, it might be due to it being almost two months old. Um, the lemon note is it's pleasant, but it's not really necessary in a Pilsner for me. Um, I like it just like a nice, clean, crisp Pilsner. Um, so uh, for me, it's, I don't know, fair to Midland. Yeah. I'd say it's, um, I like Pilsners because of, um, how basically your palate is completely like fresh after every sip. Like, I feel like after it doesn't stay on your palate, like an IPA or something that's a little bit stronger, it really kind of, um, it's every sip's like a different experience for me when it comes to a Pilsner. So I kind of try and pick out something new every sip. The body, I think the body is a little, it's almost a little heavier than I expected. Um, I thought it was going to be a little lighter. Uh, just, I mean, a, a lot due to the the clarity of it, but you, as I'm looking at it more, you're, you were right. It is a little hazier. You were thinking it was a little bit of the frost from the glass. Yeah. It's definitely a little hazier than, uh, most of the, the Pilsners that I've had recently. Yeah. You're Um, hitting everything. I I asked that question. Hats up to you, man. You're nailing all the things I was thinking. Like, there you go. This drinks much more like just the standard American lager for me. It's, It's not as crisp as I would like a Pilsner to be. It's not as dry as I would like a Pilsner to be. Meaning that the body's a little heavier it's a little sweeter. Um, it doesn't have, when I, when I drink a Pilsner, I like an aggressive hot bite. So I lean more like a German Pilsner or an Italian Pilsner when I look for a Pilsner. Um, but any Pilsner should be substantially drier than this, I think. And with a little bit more hot bite, at least it's not um, a flawed beer by any means. Um, other than that slight oxidation, it just doesn't drink like a classic Pilsner to me. It drinks more like a, just an American lager. Like a, like a, That's true. I could definitely agree with that. No. Yeah. I, I, I definitely get where you're coming from there. Um, yeah, for me, if I'm, if I'm picking a Pilsner to drink, I'm definitely not looking back at, at this one. Um, now you're not to say that it's bad by any means. It's just, 
you know, like I said, fair to Midland. It's a very yeah. average uh, to maybe leaning a little bit more below average for me for a Pilsner. Um, See, that that's what's fun and like where beer competition gets sticky, right? Because like if we were to compare this to the BJCP requirements of a Pilsner, it would most likely, you know, fit the category. But then does it, they have that like area, that gray area of personal preference and does it feel like a Pilsner? Does it have the essence of a Pilsner? Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's a Pilsner, but it, it doesn't feel like a Pilsner. Right. That makes sense. It's probably stylistically accurate, but it doesn't feel like a Pilsner, crisp, dry, crispy boy, as right. you had said earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, for me, uh, one of the big things, uh, and I mean, it probably doesn't fall under the, uh, the, the BJCP. Um, but I, you know, when for a Pilsner for me, I'm, I'm thinking like I want it to make me think of like, all right, I want to drink this out on the deck or, you know, I want to, I want to drink this while I'm mowing the lawn, you know, something like I, I'm going to drink it outside. Uh, sure. So, and, and this one is not, it's not falling into that category. It's, you know, it, again, it, it's not bad by any means. It's just not, not blowing me away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I chose it, um, I really chose it in twos because of like, they had like two different types of pills. There's again, the other one. So this was kind of like the base level. And I wanted to see like where it went with the next one that we go into. And you know, the reason we, we chose a Pilsner was uh, one. Well, one of the reasons was we, we always ask our guests what kind of beer they like. Cause we don't want to, you know, we don't want to throw you a, a, a super hazy double IPA. Cause you said you, you know, you tend to not enjoy it. What's that? I'll throw that right back at you. <laughs> so I wanted to get into that. What, uh, what, what is your, uh, what is your, your gripe with, uh, with the hazy IPAs? It's more a stick than anything. I'm just completely tired of them. So I've, I've taken on the banner of being the guy that hates hazies. Um, there's good and bad beer in every category. I'm just so incredibly sick of them dominating the tap handles, dominating the cat, uh, can releases and just, they're just everywhere. And so many breweries are surviving solely on the ability to can true, which is the yeast and hops that fall at the bottom of a fermenter um, and selling it as beers. And on one hand, like I'm excited that small breweries are making it. Um, but it's kind of like, as far as like the critic in me, I think, man, like, can you make anything else? Are you a brewery or are you a hazy producer? kind of thing. Yeah. Can you cross styles or can you just keep canning the exact same beer with a different dry hop with a cool label and charging 25 bucks for a four pack? Like what are you actually capable of? So, um, you know, I have a, I have a couple things to add here and I know Dan will have a couple things to add on that. Um, one, I think, I think Josh and I just became best friends. Um, there you go. The new I, podcast. <laughs> God, I'm out of here. I'm just going to pack up right now. A podcast. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I actually was just saying this, I don't know, two weeks ago. I told our buddy, our buddy Zeppi, um, he's actually the one that recommended that we follow you and, and get you on the podcast. Uh, he's a, a crafty tats on Instagram. He, yeah. uh, I, I was telling him and Dan, we have a group chat and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm tired of double IPAs. It's just like exactly what you said. It's, it's so like, it's so overdone that like every brewery is doing it. 
And uh, it's just, can you do other styles? But then we have, so we've had a, we have a local brewery out here called Stickman, um, And they're, you know, I would compare them to um, the, like somewhere like uh, like Belching Beaver out there in, in San Diego where it's, they're kind of like a, a little area, but they, they have a good reputation out in that area. Not everyone in the country knows who they are. Um, but, uh, you know, around here, they're, you know, they're one of the top breweries. Uh, they're, it, they have rated in the top 10 in Pennsylvania breweries. Um, and, uh, we've had the, the owner and brewmaster on a couple times. And, uh, and he said, you know, as a brewery owner, he can't just brew what he likes because he comes from a German background. He wants, when they first started, they were doing, uh, you know, uh, they were doing Belgian triples. They were farmhouse doing, ales. Yeah. Farmhouse ales. They were doing a lot of, you know, really unique, not unique, but classic style stuff, um, and doing it really well. But what, you know, what he said was, you have to, you have to brew what sells. You know, I, I brought it up to him in our last conversation with him that I love, they, they have a beer called plant matter and it was a, it was a Belgian triple. And am I right on that? No, it was a farmhouse ale. No, it wasn't a farmhouse. It wasn't a Belgian triple. Mm, you can look that up, but uh, I'll look at it. Um, <laughs> so they, it was called plant matter. And I asked him, I said, when's plant matter coming back? Cause that was the first beer I ever had at their brewery. And I, it, it holds a certain place in my heart. And he said, we'll never do it again. It'll never come back. Uh, and I asked him why it's like, it just doesn't, it doesn't sell. So it yep. doesn't make sense for, you know, as much as he would like to brew that all the time, he also has you know, employees that he has to pay. He has rent. He has to pay on his building. He has to keep his, uh, Belgian triple. Oh, your boy's right. They have another one, uh, compassionate fascist. That was the, uh, the other Belgian triple they had. Mm. So that's what, mm. that was what I was thinking. That's what it was. Um, so, uh, but yeah, he, you know, he, he is not, uh, you know, a big fan of, the 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 hazy double IPAs, but he has to brew what's going to sell and keep his his brewery open. Um, so it, it's always you know you got to look at both sides of the coin. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's that's what's hot right now is the hazy hazy boys, as it were. Um, Which is what got you into IPAs because I couldn't get you to touch an IPA until well, it got so hazy. No, yes and no. The haze to me doesn't matter. It was when they started to not taste like cat piss. Um, why they're so much so popular. They're a gentler, more approachable, substantially less bitter, mm-hmm. more juicy. Like they taste like high C or <laughs> yeah, and anyone who doesn't even enjoy beer always has those childhood memories of juice boxes and they go, Oh, I, I like craft beer now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the new England is what got me into, into IPAs is, you know, it, that's exactly why it was, I didn't like the overly bitter, um, you know, like you had like the, like, uh, Sierra Nevada, uh, 60 like, minute, 90 minute IPA. See the 60 those. minute 90, I could, I could tolerate, but again, I was always like, a I liked, I always liked dark beer. So for, for me, I liked a, a roast, like a roasted malt. Um, I like that, like coffee, chocolatey taste to it. Um, so 
and, and, uh, you know, creamy, uh, a softer taste. So I, I, IPA just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. You're a gentle soul, man. You can't be helped. <laughs> Josh just gets me. It does. It just gets me. That's it. <laughs> um, so, um, let's get into ratings real quick and then, and then we can talk a little more. Okay. Sounds good. Um, in yeah. fairness to this beer, I was looking at this can. I noticed it says unfiltered. Um, so that's probably going to be where we're getting that haze the from. Haze. Um, you know, a Pilsner, when you lager a beer, all that stuff should fall out anyway. And then to run it through the filter is going to be an extra degree of clarity. But that, that slight haze we're getting is probably either because they chose not to un- to filter it or they don't have a filter. So I guess we shouldn't count that as a, a portion of our score or stylistically appropriate or anything like that. Um, just something to think about. Noticed. All right. Well, you can. So like we said earlier, you can follow us on un- untapped at best, best friends pod. That's at best, best friends, P O D. And you can follow Josh on untapped at proper underscore Josh. And I don't have a sound clip for that here. Yeah. What's wrong with the beer we got? That's your sound clip there, Josh. I'll take it. There's no (laughs) this guy. You're going to make me type it in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, we always lend to our guests. Let us know what, you know, what you're rating it and, and why. So um, I'm, I'm looking for it right now that I found it. Um, they're calling this a Pilsner, a Pilsner style lager. They haven't said whether it's Czech or German or Bohemian or Italian, or they, they've given it just a general classification of Pilsner style. So when I see Pilsner style, I as the consumer expect this to be light, crisp, slightly hoppier than malty, leaning hoppy as far as the balance goes. Um, and this, it doesn't drink like that for me. And I think that untapped is a double-edged sword, right? Like you can have someone who knows nothing about beer and say they hate stouts. And every time they sign into untapped and have a stout, they're going to give it a shitty rating when that's completely unjustified because they just hate stouts. And so, or they give every hazy a, a five star and it really skews the ratings as far as like the breweries go. So I never put any stock into what anybody else says on untapped. Yeah. I just use it for my own personal record keeping. And I would call Same, this. Actually. Yeah, that's my. <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked to it to an extent about that where, you know, untapped, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. You know, look at what they're what they're rating it, what they're if they leave a comment, what they're commenting. You know, you have to everything you get to look at what they're what they're saying i use it as like my little black book of craft beers exactly just i just put them in there just so like if someone's like have you ever tried this before i'm like good question let me check exactly it's my personal record keeping i used to carry around a little leather bound journal and now i don't have to so i love the app for myself but i put zero credibility on it as far as is a beer going to be good or not? I, I do not factor it into my decision-making on a purchase ever, anything like that. In fact, the only thing I will do is if I, if a can says IPA, I will look at people's pictures and see if it's hazy or not. <laughs> People just put IPA, which upsets me because I, I see IPA and I think it's going to be a real IPA and I get it home and it's a glass of pulp. Or yeah, it says IPA American. So you think it's going to have that kind of like the dark complexion to it and everything. And you look at the pictures and it looks like a yellow cloud. Um, 
But the one thing I saw on this, it does say Pilsner German that it's listed under. So when I looked it up on uh, Untapped, so I just wanted. Oh, it does, yeah, it does say Pilsner German as the style. Yeah. They they listed as the style. Listed as the I guess the yeah, style, style guide, but it does have German malt, German Pils malt. So maybe yeah. that's why they're going with German, I guess, for it. Yeah, um, a lot of times these are user created too, though. So like some Yahoo could have just could have listed this as a stout, and we we just have to go with it. Like if a beer, you ever try to check in a beer that's not there, you have to create it. Right. I have to do it time. But as, I mean, as a, as a pretty well-established brewery, I mean, I, I would assume that well-crafted is the one that created the. Well, if that's the case. Um, well, the general Pilsner is probably not an option though, either. They probably just had to pick one yeah. or they're calling it a German. I don't know. Or they were like, we, we use German malt. So, you know, that's what we're going it's with. Definitely not a German Pilsner though. Yeah. German there should be way hoppier than that. A little bit more of a bite to it. The Bavarian hops. So what are you what are you rating it here, Josh? I'm gonna give this a as a German as a beer, I'd say it's fine. I'd give it three. As a as a German Pilsner, I'd give it more of a two and a half. And but but for my own record keeping, I'm gonna call this a three, which means it's not flawed. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not a beer that I'm going to go after again. So I, I usually kind of go with like a, a grading in school, right? A three is going to be a D because it's going to be a 60%. A 3.5 is going to be a seven, a C. It's an average beer. Most of my ratings are 3.5 because I go to great breweries and they make solid beer. So if I rate it 3.5, I will drink it again, but I'm not going to seek it out. If I go above 3.5, that's something I would definitely drink again or recommend to somebody. So that's a good way to look is, at it. Yeah. This is just below average for me. So I'd go three ish. Okay. So I would, uh, I, I mean, I, I kind of had, I, I, before we started this podcast, that's how kind of how I rated beers was the three was the bar. And then it's, it swayed either way, depending on how I liked it. Um, and you know, being on the, from the podcast, it's, I, I've tended to lean more towards like, you know, four is good. And then below four is, you know, below, you know, it's, it's a little, you know, above average, average than below average. Um, so for me, for this, I, I would rate it a three, five, because I would say it's very average, um, for a Pilsner for me. Um, Again, not something I would, I would seek out again as a Pilsner. If I'm going to, if I'm going to go something I want, you know, a nice crispy pills, I'm, there's plenty other options out there that would, would satisfy that, you know, the idea of having that. Um, so yeah, I would go three, five. That's good. I mean, I've had a lot better Pilsners over the last couple months, so I would agree. And I hate that we are best, best friends because I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there looking at Tom and I'm like, he's probably going to go with a three, but I assume he's probably going to hit a 3.5 and knowing he's going to hit a 3.5. <laughs> I was going to just hang my head and be like, God damn it. Why did you go? Th-? That was my, that's my goddamn answer. Um, so I'm not a Pilsner guy. Um, I do enjoy Pilsners, but it's not like something I search out. Um, being as I've, love the bitter. I love IPAs. I do like just that hint of sweetness though, in this a little bit. 
you were saying that you wouldn't like in like this wouldn't be a beer you would have after like mowing the lawn or like in a barbecue. I would probably have this sitting next to my barbecue while I was like cooking. Like I would kind of enjoy just that little hint of lemon, just like in the summer sun and everything. It was nice. I would like a little bit more hop bite though. That is something I would personally, but again, I don't search that out in a Pilsner. I don't expect too much of a hot bite, just enough to like, like you said, like with a German or, you know, anything like that, you would have just a little bit more. And I've seen that in a lot of the Pilsners we've had over the last couple months. So I'm going to go 3.5. This is average. If I were looking for something to fill a flight, like if I had three great beers on the flight and I needed like a fourth, this would be my fourth. Okay. So... We'll, we'll do the math on that and average it out. Um, but there you go. Uh, business casual. Um, that was our, our, our standard Pilsner. Um, so Josh, tell us about, you know, the San Diego beer scene. Um, you know, I, I personally, I've been out to San Diego and experienced a little bit of it. Um, Dan has not, I have not been um, out to San Diego. So tell us what makes the, the San Diego beer scene so special. I think, um, and I've, I've traveled a bit. I do beer cations, uh, at least once a year. And so I've hit like, uh, Oregon and Arizona and Washington and Texas and the West coast in general is fantastic. But even within that fantasticness, Southern California, and I, I may be biased, but Southern California is just a hot, hot spot for beer. Um, and I think that it, it's a double-edged sword in the sense that we have a brewery on every corner um, of varying degrees of quality. And then, so you get a lot of people that maybe don't have a lot of experience with craft beer and they just go to random brewery, Jimmy's beer or whatever, and they have a bad experience and they think that's beer or they think that's craft or they think that's San Diego. Um, so there's almost too many options in a way, but at the same time that extreme variety raises the bar. I think like you could get my, in my perspective, anyway, you get an average, uh, Southern California brewery. It's going to be better than most beers in the country or even the world, I would argue. And I've had this conversation with a lot of friends from other places and, and we just take it for granted how, how great we have it out here. Um, I remember we were at a, a conference, a homebrew conference, um, a couple years back and there's so much good beer that we were, we were dumping Planet of the Elder in the bushes because we <laughs> had of the next beer because there's so many great options available. And so it's like, it's, you can't keep up. There's too many options. You're going to go broke. We, it's the best beer in the world. As far as I'm concerned, and the culture is great, super supportive of one another. Uh, Stone Brewing just put out a beer uh, last week that supports the uh, San Diego Brewers Guild, which is uh, an organization, a nonprofit that's donating and helping out all the smaller breweries that um, aren't uh, doing as well during these times where the tasting rooms are only open for outdoor seating. And everybody that didn't have a canning line is really hurting because they have nothing to sell. They can't, you, you can do ma- new growlers only. Yeah. But if you don't have a canning line, you're really hurting right now. Yeah. So oh, definitely. Um, it's all very familial, very social, very, um, it's awesome. And that's something we noticed. Um, my best friend, uh, he's a brewer, brewers with me. We brew together and we, um, we take these beer cations together. Um, 
a lot of the 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 vibe if that without sounding too that's so west coast it was like the vibe (laughs) i went all right all right the vibe and i know how dumb that sounds but it's real the vibe is not the same in other states as it is here in san diego so um I would, I would say like with Pennsylvania kind of feels the same way. Like we have a saturation, particularly in our area of Pennsylvania where, you know, there is a brewery almost on every corner. They're like a goddamn Starbucks. And like you have those breweries that are just, you go, you get, you get average beer. And then there's those above average breweries, like right down the street that you have that selection, which is great. It, you have that point where like you walk into a brewery and it's brand new or it's been around for a while and you're like, okay, beer's okay. But right across the street, you know that there's another great brewery that, you know what, I'll just go over there because I know it's good. Like you have those options. And I think like in Pennsylvania, when I've traveled, I haven't seen I haven't seen those options in other like cities. Yeah. So have having been in San Diego and living in Pennsylvania, um, you know, my my former employer was based out of uh, out of San Diego. And um, when I went out there for, you know, for training and introduction to everything, um, Oh, are we losing Josh? Uh, do we lose him? Nope. No, nope, still there. Uh, no. no, we might get him back. Yeah. It's okay. We'll hold on. <clears throat> you there, Josh? No. Um, oh, oh, there, there he is. is. Hey, he's back. He's still there. I probably lost you. That's all right. No, it's all good. For a solid yeah. So, um, like I was saying, I, I've been out, I went out to, to, um, I went out to San Diego and when I went out there, you know, I, I saw, you know, uh, my, my boss at the time was a big beer person, craft beer person. And he was describing the area. He's like, yeah, there's beer, craft beer places in every corner. You know, uh, this is the best place in America to get beer. And the, the way he's describing, it, I was like, you're describing Pennsylvania. You know, it's, you know, you get, for every bad brewery, you have three great breweries right nearby, you know? So it, I, our office was right by where Belching Beaver is. Um, and I'm sure you know where that is. Um, so, uh, I've been there. Uh, my wife has a pizza port t-shirt cause I've been there, which is like, breweries in the world. Yeah. That's like the place to go. Um, I, I don't even, I honestly, I don't remember the name of what I had. I think I had something named crazy cause all the beers there are crazy named. Um, you got three beers on tap anytime you go in. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I remember it being a great experience. Um, but it was, it was very much like home. It's, you know, the brewers were very similar and what you were describing is exactly what we have out here is where all, you know, the brewers all know each other. They all help each other out with whatever they need. Um, you know, we've talked to brewers that were like, Oh, I don't have a canning line, but we have guys that are helping out. Um, yeah, we had the East Coast do like the All Together series out here mm-hmm. from like other half in New York City, and that kind of went a little national. I think some other breweries mm-hmm. on the West Coast yeah, did, we did as well. that all over the place here as well. Yeah, it was nice to That's see like that service industry though here anyway. Yeah, exactly. To benefit the service industry and stuff like that, which was kind of cool to see um, originate from like deep in New York City, right there with other half. So, you know, if you were going to, if you were going to nail down your, your go-to, if I, if if I'm, I'm sending Dan out to San Diego and he has, he has one beer, one brewery to go to, where are you sending him? Yeah. One brewery and like nine skate parks to go to. So let's go. (laughs) Yeah. I got a skate park about a hundred yards from my house. Oh man. I got a place to stay. Dan just got jealous with green anger. Oh, green. (laughs) 
I would first ask, um, what kind of beer you want to drink, you know, because everybody has their niche. Um, everybody makes amazing beer, but there are places you're going to get a better IPA. You're going to get a real sour or you're going to get, you know, it just depends on what style you want to drink. I want IPAs in all makes and models, to be honest. I, I like to fill up a variety, American, you know, New England. Um, I, I mean, I've had the brutes. They're not my favorite, but I'll throw a brute on there just to see what it's like. Um, well, you're going to run into a little bit of a, a, a conflict there because a lot of the ones out here, they kind of do one or the other as far as hazies or real IPA. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't even mind. Like I'll have the real and I'll try, I'll try the hazy ones. I've been really into like the single hop, like recipes that have been like kind of infiltrating a lot of breweries lately, just doing like the single hop variations or they're doing like some different yeast profiles or something like we were doing the Kivik yeast or whatever. The one that I, uh, yeah. the one that's cooler right here next to me that I brought for you. Yeah. Um, if you're an IPA man, I'm going to, I'm going to have to take you to either pizza port or, um, stone. They have so many more beers than you are ever going to find in a can. And, you know, they're arguably the godfather of the West coast IPA. Oh, definitely. I mean, stone Pizzaport made an IPA called Swami's that they're still making. Um, that's their flagship and they've made that for longer than stone. But right about the same time they came out, uh, Ballast Point Sculpin, Stone IPA, and Pizza Port Swamis kind of all hit around the same time. And they're all just that iconic, epic, aggressively in-your-face hoppiness on the nose and oh, the bitterness. Yeah. I've had the and Stone and uh, Sculpin. Stone is definitely an IPA uh, place you want to hit. And then you could hit Pizza Port, and then you could hit Port Lost Abbey, which is uh, two breweries in one spot. And they're actually in the building where Stone used to be. Basically, we could just cruise North County and we didn't have to go to San Diego proper. Uh, <laughs> to be know. honest, you had me at pizza with pizza board. I was like, wait a second. Is there pizza involved with this? Oh, team? yeah. Oh, yeah. World-class <laughs> pizza. They got four or five locations, all all coastal. Super amazing vibe. Vibe again. Uh, there we're, we go. <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to debate East Coast versus West Coast pizza because we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> I've never had it, but I am a thin crust guy. I'll say that. Yeah, it's East Coast all day. The water here is just better. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I would pizza port, you know, if you want an IPA, it, it seemed like they had just a plethora of on the big board above the bar. You know, it's just all like you know IPA. I don't know. The one by it wasn't very far from uh, uh, what the um, Belching Beaver. It was probably the, the most inland one is Bressy Ranch. It's a pretty large two-story building. Was it that one? I think it was two-story. This was a this was about four or five years ago. So yeah, the others are right on the coast, though. So you'd probably yeah, no. Like, so this was this was in like uh this was more uh, inland. Yeah, that that's my favorite one actually. They have, that's their their biggest production facility. Okay, they produce consistently amazing beers. They're all amazing. But the cool thing about Pizza Port is every single location has its own head brewer. And oh, so then cool. they'll brew each other's beers or ship them to each other, or whatever right. they cut kegs or whatever. So they're all amazing, but they're all slightly different too. So it's really That's cool. cool though. You get that variation. Yeah. yeah very cool. Um, dude, there are a couple breweries out there that I really want to try. Like, uh, was it green cheek? Oh, green cheek is my, I go there three times a month. I'm a, I'm a sucker for, for, uh, uh, can art. 
and yeah. uh, and Greed Cheek has great can art. Label shopping. Yeah, oh yeah. The other one is I, I'm I I'm I don't know the exact name of it, and I'm probably going to butcher the name, but uh, McKellar is it? McKellar, yeah, yeah. I was their uh, cycling captain for a while. It's uh, in San Diego in Miramar. My best friend's still their running club captain. They, uh, if you want hazies, I mean, they make predominantly hazies, but they have an amazing sour program, amazing barrel age program. Um, they're actually from Denmark and they're, they've been gypsy brewing for years and years and years. And their first actual brewery they owned was San Diego. They took it over from Alesmith, um, which is another San Diego icon. Mm -hmm. Um, and now they have one in New York as well. But so they were gypsy for, I think like 10 years. And now they finally have a production facility in uh, New York as well as I could be butchering the East coast one, but I think it's New York and um, San Diego. It's a very tiny spot. Like for the production they do, you would think it'd be large. It's the tap rooms, the size of my garage. Hmm. I mean, some of the best ones are, are like that. Like we have one out here, uh, Aslan in Virginia, which yeah. is like, you know, it started out as a, a garage. Yeah. The first location was just a warehouse with a garage door that opened up. I mean, they had a tap room. I think they were just opening it when I went there like three or four years ago. But what they were doing was they just opened up the garage door and they gave you a checklist of cans and they're like, yeah, this is what we have. What do you want? And they just like fill up a case for you and you just walk out <laughs> like no, like tasting room, no tap room. It was just like, they, they just, they went first with the canning facility and the brewery. And then they put a tap room later when they started making a little bit more money. Yeah. That's basically, that's the opposite of what anybody does here, but that probably the better model now. Yeah, you would think like it, it seemed weird for me in like 2017 going there and having that experience. But now I'd be like, oh, that's like kind of like standard issue. If I were to open a spot now and I, I kick around the idea every day, I would go production facility first because it's COVID proof, you know, like all these people are experiencing. It's tragic. Yeah, I mean, that would probably yeah, be the way to go. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm getting a little thirsty and I want to get more, I want to get educated more on beer. So let's, uh, let's just absorbing this right here. Yeah. Let's uh, let's quiet sponge in the corner. (laughs) Let's, uh, let's crack into this Imperial. Monkish. When you said uh, one California brewery, I was wait, I was waiting to hear the words monkish electric, um, eight bit, all the massive, Super, super trendy, hazy producers. Yeah, I know Monk. I, I, I know Monkish. Zeppi just had some Monkish yeah. posted today, actually. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I, I don't know. I, I go with what's familiar and I, I just know Pizza Port was good when I had it. Um, and then, you know, obviously, like I said, the label shopping with the green, green cheek and also from seeing your videos too, drinking all the green cheek. I'm like, all right, well, it's amazing. seems like stuff that I would really like. He was taking notes. He was like, he talks about too. green cheek. They make too many hazies. Mm. They used to have a sign in there that said no uh, IPA and it had a cross through it like the Ghostbusters. They wouldn't they <laughs> produce IPA at all. And then they decided to make IPA because they wanted to exist. It's and what then, sells. Yeah. And now they're one of the most sought after hazy producers in the country. It's crazy. The one thing that like the haze craze has taught me, though, is to very like do my research when like releases come out. Like, is this something that's worth like putting like the $20 a four pack out for like, so like when, when a 
when a brewery does like four or five like releases and they'll have like nine different like fruity IPAs or sours and stuff, but they'll have like maybe like a single hop variation IPA. I'm like, I'm trying to filter through the crap to try and get to like the good one. Yeah. And that's like, that's what the haze craze has taught me is to become like more cognizant of what I'm picking out, not looking at like color label. And I'm just like, Oh, that label looks cool. But what do we got going on here? Yeah. I, I can't kind of fall into the same camp of, uh, like, um, I, when I, when we first started the the podcast, that's what really, well, like I, I started getting really into double IPAs and, you know, you see all these different variations from, you know, a, a guy who's just buying before, you know, before we started doing this, you know, I was doing, you know, mixed 12 packs of, uh, uh you know, craft beer, but, uh, you know, uh, like Sly Fox. Like I would do like the Sly Fox mix 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were like a, a mixed a very, person. Yeah. I was very That's basic a lot. Uh, as far as like what my, what my beer taste went. But then I started getting into double IPAs cause we started doing this. Then Dan was, you know, Hey, let's do this. Let's do this double. Let's do this double. Yeah. Like it made me do my research more because I didn't want to get crap. Like if I saw like, if I saw like the word like vanilla or like this fruit jammed into it, I'm like, how are they doing it? Right. Like I'm like, and that's what sucks about the, you know, COVID and everything is before I would go to breweries when they would have these releases and I would just get like a, I would just try it. Cause I'm like, all right, I just want to get like a little taster. I want to see what I'm getting into. Like, on paper, it sounded interesting, but then I'm like, okay, this is a mistake. I'm not paying twenty dollars for a four pack for this. And that's what kind of wore me out on these double IPAs and what breweries were doing. Because at first, I was like, oh, these milkshake style IPAs. It's like, oh, it's an IPA. And it's brewed with lactose and it's got fruit in it. Yeah. Oh, they're doing a they're doing a, a fruit punch and it's got four different kinds of fruit. And how are they doing that? How's it tasting? And then like there was they uh, all tasted the same. Oh my god, they, there was a re- <laughs> it got to a point where uh, a local brewery released one that was like a birthday cake and it was like we brewed it with vanilla and graham cracker and sprinkles and your mom's butthole and i was like oh come on like all right can we just be done with this trend that last ingredient had an asterisk on it very rare um i actually did a competition i and i i put it open to all your listeners and i no one's beat me yet i say Let's go to your favorite brewery. If you're a haze boy or a haze girl, let's go to your favorite brewery and you can pick four hazies and I will bring them to you. If you can tell me which one's which, I will never say another word about hazies and no one, the biggest haze boys and girls have been able to do it. No one's done it. And it's because they're so damn similar. It's just, I don't know, man. I'm happy people are making money. And I'm happy that small business is thriving, especially in these times. But I'm just, I personally just can't drink another one. I think, I think we need to uh, do a, uh, a side video where I'll take i uh, I'll be your, I'll be your, uh, conduit and I'll, uh, I'll take Dan to a brewery and, and have him do the, uh, the hazy challenge. I think with how picky I've gotten with the haze craze and everything, I think I could do it. I think I can, I think I can do it. I'm sure there are some people that can, and I, and I look forward to that day, but most people cannot. I'm incredibly picky with them these days. Like I've just been, I've, I've been, I guess I've been let down a lot with a, with a bunch of them that now, like I'm really like reading into them. It has to have something in it. Like I have my, I have my favorite hops. So I kind of set them aside. If it's like some crazy hop I've never heard of, I'm like, 
I, I'll wait on this <laughs> or something. What are your favorite hops? Like, I mean, single hop varieties are going to be Citra and Galaxy. I love those two above all. Uh, Simcoe, not so much. Um, Cascade is a little like, I, I'm not big on Cascade. And I guess that, that's a Northwest hop. I can get, hop, I can get I down right with Mosaic. There. Yeah. Citra and Galaxy are like my two favorite. Um, by themselves. Like there are some variations, like I've had mosaic and Simcoe together where, um, as a classic combo. Yeah. Like mosaic and Simcoe together. I love it. Single hop variety of each of any of them. I, I wouldn't get a single hop Sim. I didn't like a single hop Simcoe as no, much. No. Weyerbacher double Simcoe. No, I didn't like that mm. one. I, I oh, no, the double Simcoe. We had double Citra from, no, oh, but yeah, but double Simcoe has been around for years. Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't big on single with Simcoe, but Mosaic and Simcoe, I had the, uh, was it the, we had the Warwick, the Warwick Farms one. Yeah, and Super Simcoe. That was like a farmhouse ale. It was delicious. It was boozy. It had the farmhouse ale kind of flavor to it. Uh, I love that beer. It was brewed on a farm. And no lactose in it at all, which was awesome. <laughs> no lactose, no haze. Like it just had that dark, like, IPA kind of just like haziness to it, like classic. Well, let's get into these. Let's crack these beers, get into drinking, and we can talk more about our hatred of hazies. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um, Dan, you want to bring up your, your description here? All you're, right. You're so jumping, jumping ahead. I know. I was about to ready to crack this. <laughs> so, this was the one that kind of got me a little excited. Um, the only reason I picked Business Casual because it had a partner at well-crafted called consummate professional, which is an Imperial Pilsner. Um, and <laughs> I'm going to read this description and I feel like, I feel like Josh is going to be like, all right, challenge accepted. So this Imperial Pilsner was brewed for those real pros in mind who know how to keep it professional and make it look easy at all times. Brewed with the finest Pilsen malt and hopped gently with the saws, smooth balanced, and way too approachable. So this is an 8.6% alcohol by volume Imperial Pilsner. So that's what kind of caught me because I've never seen a Pilsner with like a high ABV like that before. Buckle in boys. All right. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to drink that. And that, uh, that rate or that, uh, description was brought to you by untapped. You can follow us on untapped at best, best friends pod. That's at best, best friends P O D. All right. And there's our POD drop. Uh, so let's go ahead and crack these boys in one, two, three. It's a good crack. Here's my OCD. I got a fresh glass. Yeah, we usually do, but I don't have any extra Pilsner glasses. <laughs> This is already pouring out clearer than the other one. Substantially yeah. clear, way more vibrant, way more gold. Like it, I have a little bit of this one left and it's, it's day different. Yeah. Look at that. Wow. Wow. And I, I smelled it. As soon, I, I could smell something when I cracked it. So I actually, while we were pouring, I kind of was like smelling it straight from the can and it had just... I don't know. It just feels like it ha it, I, I can't wait to taste it. I feel like it's going to have a little bit more of the bite I'm looking for. So I'm, I'm hoping. Oh, you will be, uh, you'll be pleasantly pleased. All right. We got cheers. Yeah. Boys, Slancha. Cheers, sir. Cheers. Ooh. 
I'm going to defer to you guys. <laughs> this, is an, this is not a Pilsner. This is like a farmhouse <laughs> ale. <laughs> this is a farmhouse. Like it's got that floral kind of like aftertaste. Like you can say Pilsner all you want, or you can say Imperial all you want. This isn't a Pilsner. This is a, like a farmhouse. This tastes like the, uh, the, the IPA I was just describing to you guys. That's super Simcoe, super mosaic. Oh my God. That has a, a pool that has a booziness to it. Oh. <laughs> oh it's almost got like a syrupiness to it though too oh, oh everything bad <laughs> <sighs> now as a beer are we, are we gonna have our second drain pour of the uh podcast <laughs> no oh, I'll, drink, I'll drink the whole thing you're an animal as, as a beer <laughs> it's not bad I mean, I, I enjoy it as if you just put this down in front of me and said, this is a beer. And I was like, okay, well I'll drink it or check this out. This is my home brew or something yeah. like someone just gave it to me to try. And I'm just like uh, a nightmare. I, I, I just brewed for the first time kind of thing. Like it's, I don't know. It's got a syrupiness to it that I just can't get over right now. Um, it's certainly not a, a Pilsner no. uh, in any sense of the word. Um, I mean, it's got a good clarity to it, but uh, whew, that is heavy. It's staying on my palate in not a good way. And that's one thing we've, we've learned about Pilsners is one that it, it, a Pilsner is like playing a, an acoustic guitar. It's like any any imperfection in the brew will shine right through it. Yeah, it's like uh, you can't hide a single thing. No, and that's why it's funny when people talk shit on like Miller Lite. Make a Miller Lite, bitch. It's it's so hard to get it right. You know? And do it and do it Make consistently. It that many years, yeah, though, do yeah. it consistently on a mass scale like that. Yeah. Yes, it's it's watered down, There's but it's no a, exactly like you said. Uh, crispy lagers are the most difficult beers to nail in my brewing experience, anyway. Yeah, like a pale lager or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, this under no circumstances, I, I guess, except for the malt that they use under no circumstances, would I classify this as a Pilsner? It's got a lot of like floral or something to it. Like it almost, it reminded me of like something like a farm. It's got a real bite to it. So when we're looking at this beer, you know, it's obviously darker than the first one, which makes sense because there's they have to use substantially more malt to get the alcohol content that we have. If we have almost double, that's why they're calling it Imperial Pilsner. So it makes sense that it's substantially darker. This one also says unfiltered, but it's absolutely way clearer than that first one, which is also unfiltered. Yeah, um, I'm curious so as to what that the difference in their process there. But those aromas we're getting with, that you're calling like farmhouse and stuff. One of two things is most likely causing this. It's either I've never seen their brewery, but either their fermentation got too hot and their yeast got pissed off and they produce like um, Belgian yeast characters. Okay. And they, when yeast is stressed during fermentation and a lot of homebrew has this smell because most homebrewers don't have temperature control on their fermenters. That's what it, it reminded me of like homebrews I've had from friends. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know about their facility, but this is either had a, a whacked fermentation or it got infected somehow because it totally smells like Belgian yeast and um, nail polish remover. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's, I'm getting that kind of like 
almost that like nail polish remover flavor that you get from like a cheap vodka. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's like almost a, like a boozy, like yeah, alcohol. Kind yeah. Of. Like a Nikolai or a, a uh, alkaline. Yeah. <laughs> or a, uh, what a, uh, pop off. Yeah. It'll pop off. <laughs> <laughs> um, it came out of a plastic bottle. Yeah. I'm not enjoying it at all. Uh, as a Pilsner, if you know, <sighs> It piqued my curiosity when I saw it. And that was the only like, I guess, like a true label shopper right there where I was like, oh, this could be interesting because we could take two like their Pilsners and just compare kind of I would almost I would put like I wouldn't even put like a tuxedo on this. I'd probably put like a like a cut off Leonard Skinner shirt on it or something (laughs) like it was made in a bathtub in West Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I. I I, I I feel kind of bad that, you know, this is the representation that we sent out to, to Josh. Um, yeah, a little embarrassed by this. I thought it'd be kind of a cool thing to do, like to compare like two different pills. Yeah, like the, the, the idea was was great. And all, all props to Dan on the idea there, comparing the Imperial and the regular Pilsner. But, you know, we, we've done well-crafted on our podcast before. We did a, a Key Lime Gosa as part of a summer series and it was, it was very good. It was a very well done Gosa. Yeah. No. A fruited Gosa. It was as far as that goes, um, it was good. And this is just falling yeah, they, flat. They make some great beers too. Like their yeah. blonde Americano, like, um, blonde stout is amazing. <laughs> like the way they do that, it's, it's like a, per, it's almost like a perfect, like blonde, like coffee stout kind of taste to it where it's not like not too heavy, but still like enjoyable, like a stout, like you get that coffiness to it without mm-hmm. being overly full. Yeah, we get, the, we have th- that trend hit a while back. It was, it was fun for a minute uh, with the, uh, the blonde stout, the golden stout, the, pale stout all the different names people gave him you know was so west coast he's like yeah that happened a while back <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we uh we actually just got a uh blonde a golden stout in. oh yeah we just got that yeah, yeah we got people I, when that happened i was giving people those all the time like here taste you know this and by the looks they're thinking it's going to be an ipa or it's interesting life. yeah well we have a we have oh. a we have a homebrew buddy that uh I don't know if you if you follow him on Instagram, um, but he might be right up your alley if you like experimental stuff. Um, it, it it's he's called Experimental, and uh, I think so. I think I'm pretty sure I'm following him. And he does he does a lot of um, food based beers. Um, and His recipes, yeah, like food based beer recipes. Like we had the, uh, the tahini and vanilla cream ale mm-hmm. that was amazing. Um, that's one of the things like craft is such a cool thing because you can do whatever you want to do and, and make these amazing beers that maybe nobody's ever thought of. I've learned that somebody's brewed it already. Every time, every time I have a great idea, I type it in the online and somebody's made it already, but <laughs> you can, Simpsons did it, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we have, you, go ahead. No, you can do whatever you want. And, and, but the, the catch with that is a lot of people can only do these off the wall beers. And as soon as you say, Hey, make me a beautiful Pilsner, like a two style, true Pilsner, they can't do it. And, and that's where it, like for me, like the true representation of a quality brewery is a brewery that can brew across all styles. Well, maybe they specialize in something and maybe they have an amazing sour program. Like my, one of my very favorite breweries in the world is called the brewery and it's like a yeah. playoff of the guy's last mm-hmm. name. You've probably heard of, they have a yep. DC location now. So maybe 
you've gotten some of their beers yeah, out. B- B-R-U-E-R-Y, correct? Yeah. 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 They have an incredible sour program and they specialize in sours, but, and, and barrel aged stouts, but all their beers, you walk in that building and you get a flight, you can just say, give me whatever you want. You are going to get a fantastic beer every single time. And I think that says a lot versus these places that can only make hazies or only make pastry stouts. When you're just throwing everything you can imagine into the fermenter and calling it grandma's cookie peach pie or something, you know, it's funny. I just, uh, over my vacation weekend, I drank a beer that I've been aging a little bit called utterly absurd. And it's just a, it's a double milk stout that was brewed over an absurd amount of Oreo cookies. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you guys, um, I don't drink much Ballast Point anymore since they sold out, but they used to do a, a victory at sea day that I went to every single year. Have you ever had victory at sea? No, I don't. Think I've never so. had that beer. I've had almost every single sculpin that they've ever put out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all we get on the East Coast here. So we don't yeah. get a lot of their like we probably don't get a lot of their good beers. We probably get a lot of the um, like you said, like after they sold out, like we get a ton of sculpin around here. That's like we get sculpin variety packs. Yeah, and it's majority and we, sculpin and grapefruit sculpin. And, and you brought this up before. He's actually our second West Coast guest because we had. Oh, yeah. Justin. We had our, our boy, Justin, who is from Pennsylvania, but he's on the West Coast. Yeah, he's living in L.A. We yeah, we couldn't find a beer. So we just told him like, yeah, go get some sculpin. We know you have it over there. Yeah, he went over to Trader Joe's. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. just walk into the grocery store, pick up a six pack. We're gonna grab some too. And we did, we did scope. But like, I, I love Ballast Point. Ballast Point's always been solid for me, but I know. Like, Grapefruit Scoping was one of the first IPAs that I truly liked. Because I think I was like the first one where you were like, oh, I kind of like this. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> with the, with the, the, uh, the bitterness of the, the grapefruit cutting the bitterness of the hops together, kind of canceling each other out. It made it just like a smoother experience. That was a, a huge beer for a while. And I remember when they very, the first time they did that down in Miramar and when they were a lot smaller than they are now, it, people went bananas. Like, and then they started putting every kind of citrus in it and Sculpin as an IPA, at least the original Sculpin that they haven't made for years was solid. one of the West coast IPAs ever. Well, yeah, we did, we did an episode devoted to it. It's, it's such a great IPA. And I, when grapefruit Sculpin hit this area and I mean, I, I went ham on that. Like I was buying 12 packs of that at a time. Like, I mean, it also hit me when I was in like my early, well, I guess mid twenties had to be, I put it in my top 10 beers for a long time. Cause it was just, it was like the perfect IPA for me. Cause I didn't want a long time. It's not anymore, but it was for a long time. Yeah. An incredible beer. It actually kickstarted my love of can beer for a yeah. while because you know, I was doing a lot of bottles and when like sculpting or grapefruit came out or grapefruit sculpting came out in like 12 pack cans. And I'm like, I'm not a big can guy, but like, I just started enjoying cans a lot more because of that beer. The cans got such a bad rap in the eighties, but they're a superior vessel, zero light, zero oxygen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's way better. Yeah. It's so I, much better. I only disliked them because, and I, I went through this today because I put some caps in there. I have a, one of those uh, bottle cap maps of Pennsylvania. And yeah. I, I like, I got like a third of the way through and then like the, and then everyone stopped making bottles and I was like, God, now I just have an incomplete wow. map. I've had an incomplete one for like six years. <laughs> I got it as a Christmas present yeah. and I'm like, I'm totally going to put this in my kitchen and we never filled it. So it became like something that we just put in storage. It's a weird thing with the cans too, because it's a superior vessel for storage. I mean, zero light, zero oxygen. 
it's uh, cheaper to ship because it's lighter, obviously. But then you get into that hole, they're lined with BPA thing. And so you go, oh, shit, like, do I want to drink BPA or do I want to light struck? The bottles, the bottles are not made to live forever, guys. So let's just buy the ticket and take the ride. The bottles are easier to to recycle, too. It's a lot greener. you know, we have a brewery out here. I don't know if you get them out your way. Uh, Lion's Head Brewery. Um, so they have a cool thing where um, if you. This if, was awesome. One, their big gimmick is uh, they would do riddles under the bottle cap. So. Like yeah. Well, <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> but yeah. they did. They did very good. That was like the best thing to do when we were in college, uh, like or sitting around a bonfire. It, it was like image riddles. Yeah. So, image riddles. So like you would have to see what it was like. It was like Bumblebee or something. And like they that. would and they didn't give you the answer on it. Yeah. Th- you couldn't get the answer. So you had to figure it out for yourself. That's a lot of thinking when I'm having beers. I don't know. <laughs> it makes for an interesting time to get a, like a couple people together trying to figure out that then you realize how dumb you are. Um, but uh, their other thing is like, if you brought, if you brought back a case of uh, bottles to them, they would give you a discount on your next case. Yeah, that's nice. And people are doing that with the uh, tops of the four packs and six packs. I have a collection. Yeah, I have it like it's like it's crazy. man. Yeah. So um, do you want to do you want to get into ratings on this? Unfortunately, yeah, I I guess I'm going to have to rate it. I feel bad because I have I have friends. Well, actually, I I, I might actually know one of the brewers here at Wellcrafted, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Well, my rating and everything. Wellcrafted, if you're listening I hope let's just just they've reposted us a few times. They're yeah. a great brewery. They, they they'll take their licks. They know. Maybe skip ahead uh, to two to five minutes. That's the thing, too, though. Like if you really, really care, you want to know, like maybe this is just a flawed batch or maybe this fermentate, maybe their glycol went out and this batch got hot, you know. It's, Maybe they yeah. just saw that jump up and they're like, dude, 8.6. Let's just, let's just market this as an Imperial and get it out there. You know, there's people who just want high alcohol content. No. And I, I've, I brought this up with, uh, with a certain brewery around here that I have a bit of a, a, a hatred for. Oh God, you're going to beat this fucking dead horse yep. again. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name the brewery because if you're a true listener, you're, you know, what I'm, what, which one I'm talking about. So he's going to quietly but, beat this dead horse, <laughs> but no, it, it, it goes back to, um, strangling. <laughs> it's just a headlock. Um, I, I think that criticism's good. You should take honest criticism. You know, we're not being, just we're not take it on the chin. Basically just, yeah, we're not, we're not criticizing your beer to be vindictive. We're giving you an honest criticism. And for me, I, I grew up in, you know, I'm an art major. Um, I grew up, to, you know, basically my whole career has been criticism and you know, you gotta, you gotta learn to take that with, you know, all right, well, this is how I learn to improve. And there's just some people out in the world. And unfortunately some of those people are brewers or owners of breweries that can't take criticism very well. And they think they, if anyone criticizes their beer that they don't know what they're talking about and that everything that they brew is God's gift to earth. Um, So, you know, when we do these criticisms and we're not trying to, we're not bashing you in, in any sense of the the term, you know, we did a beer that we rated like a a one. 
I forget what we rated the cardamom beer. Oh, well, I think we did it too. That was our first drain pour. It was, it tasted like Robitussin. It It, was a, it was so bad that when we rated it on the first episode, we had to go back the next week and re-rate it and actually amend our rating. It was the first time we've ever had to go back and be like, we were wrong. We're sorry. We We rated it too kindly. Yeah. Um, and we, we attributed that to the brewery is very good. Yeah. They're a great brewery out here on the, and we very well may have gotten a bad batch or a very old batch because what happened was we got a crowler. I called them to let them know that we wanted to uh, review the beer on the podcast. And, uh, they said, oh, it's and it was sold out online. So I told them, oh, it, it says it's sold out. And he was like, oh, no, no, we have plenty. Let me go re- uh, adjust that. <laughs> so what we thought was, it's you like know, the bottom of the tank. Or we something. got we got like the they, they were like scraping the beer out into the crowlers. <laughs> um, it, it over, goes both ways, though, right? Like if you're a real artist and you care about your craft and you care about your business, you want to know if you're what people think and not obviously you have, you can't listen to everybody who just maybe you hate pilsners or maybe you, you can't listen to those people. But if someone right. can legitimately tell you what's wrong, you should want to know. And if I were this brewery, I would taste this as soon as I hear about this or see the score on untapped and probably go pull all this because I don't think this is their intention. I think this is a jacked batch. I think it's flawed. I don't think they would even think this is good. And if they do, then they got a whole other list of problems, but I would want to know to get this beer off my shelves because it's flawed and it's not a true representation of my brewery. And Again, everybody has off days. Everybody makes bad batches. And like you were saying, um, with editing your reviews, I'll, I would try this beer again in a few months, like the next time they taste it yeah. and see if this is a consistent thing or see if this is, oh, wow, that really was a jacked batch. And I, I'm glad I tried it again because I had a, a false impression of what this beer is. And that also speaks to the importance of Candon dates. Like you were just talking about, I'm a stickler for Candon dates. I won't drink an IPA past 45 days. And it's, it's important. Like if you get a beer, you need to know how fresh it is. And if you don't put one on there, it's almost suspicious to me. Like, are you afraid that this is not going to sell and people are not going to get this in time and you want people to keep buying it or what your deal is because it's a food product and things expire, things change. And so it's an important piece of information. I think any discerning beer drinker is going to look for. So there's a lot of things going into this. So I was looking at some of the ratings, you know, on the surface, just to see what people are saying. Um, A lot of people are saying it does miss the mark of a Pilsner. So they're, they're saying they're missing the crispiness. I get it. I'm missing that too. Let me tell you, I, when we, when I poured it out, it had that color to it where I was, I I wanted, I wanted it to be good. I was like, Oh, this, this looks great. Yeah. It had, it had the clarity. It had that golden color to it that you look for. And one guy said perfect Oktoberfest, which is Yeah, did you see that? (laughs) (laughs) That was the that was a funny I I laughed a little bit when I saw that. I went, okay, yeah, I would drink this in the fall, maybe. Like it's not like a it's more of a Marzen than a Pilsner, I'll say that. Yeah. (laughs) So um all right, well, let's get into our ratings here. Um, you know, you can follow us on Untapped at Best Best Friends Pod at Best Best Friends P O D. Open up the pit. <laughs> 
and you can follow Josh on untapped at proper underscore Josh. And I don't have, uh, what, what, here we go. I mean, the deal we got drank pretty good, don't it? <laughs> I like it. Budweiser. <laughs> That's a logger. Come on now. Soundboard guy. All right. All right. Um, Dan, what do you, what do you want to rate this thing? This broke my heart. I had, I had high hopes for this plan. I, I was methodical in choosing two pilsners from a brewery, two different pilsners from a brewery, so we can have a good analytical discussion. We achieved that, but I hated the beer. I, I didn't like this beer at all. Okay. Um, this is going to be a 2.5 for me. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I will say the, the, the idea was well executed. When you brought this up to me, I was like, Hell yeah, dude. Let's do. I can sell. Your, me, I can sell a ketchup <laughs> popsicle to a woman in white gloves, man. You're, man. you're, you're selling to a salesman. Um, yeah, yeah. you got, you, you told me we we're going to do a double pills in our episode and I, you know, my, my jeans got a little tighter. Uh, I was pushing denim on that. Um, so when you told me we we're going to do a regular Pilsner and an Imperial Pilsner, I was like, all right, well, I've Fascinating. never, interesting. Yeah. yeah I've right? never had an Imperial Pilsner before. Exactly. That's um, what I thought. Very common style. It's, Cause it's kind of an oxymoron in a way. Cause yeah. Pilsners be right. right all their beer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what like my piqued my curiosity. I went, all right, game and, on. And I didn't really look too much into it until I wrote our, uh, a, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, we do an outline for our episode and we kind of map out what we're going to do um yeah i'm i'm, lo- I'm reading a cue card <laughs> when i I'm read like ron burgundy when i read that it was an I'm eight ron point burgundy <laughs> when i when i read that it was an 8.6 percent, i was like oh, oh that's not gonna be crispy at all um yeah you know what i went challenge accepted though because i was like you know but you know we've had and to go back to experimental he made a he made an American lager. The Balding Eagle, yeah, was crispy. It was crispy. It was nice. It was exactly what you would look for in a, in a lager. An American lager, yeah. And something from a home brewer doing a lager like that. It At was eight percent. Yeah, it, it kind of blew our minds. Um, That's what I was trying to get with this. Yeah, and this kind of missed the mark. Yeah, it. <laughs> For me, it was, it's tough to drink. Um, Josh, I'm sending you an apology four pack of something. I don't know yet. I don't know what yet, but we're sending it. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to find, we're going to give you some, uh, you know, pun intended proper PA beer. Sorry. We'll give you, we'll, we'll send you some, uh, I don't even know what we would send them. I know. I'm just going to wait for something to pop up and I'd be like, is this proper Josh level? Yeah. Cause all of our favorite breweries do like hazy shit. No, we can find we can find yeah, a couple we'll find good something. pilsners. Um, I think a free will pilsner might be good. I'm just a maybe maybe, uh, maybe if that maybe Ribble Hill. I don't know. Um, here except hazy, so easy. Um, so for me, this beer missed the mark. Like I said, as a as a standard beer, fine. That's a three, maybe a three five. As a pilsner. Yeah, sucks. This is um, garbage for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, well crafted. I hate it. Yeah, it's not enjoyable. Well crafted. You're a good brewery. This yeah, missed I love the mark you. as have. a as a pilsner. Um, I'm gonna go two seven five for it. Ooh, going a little higher. All right. You're usually like a little bit more of the, uh, the critical guy. Yeah. I was a flat two. I was like two point five. Fuck this. <laughs> Josh, what do you got for us? 
Um, I, I could go two ways in this situation. Sometimes I'll put no rating and I'll put flawed try again kind of thing in my comments. And I just won't give it a rating because maybe I don't want to drag down their overall score because I know a lot of people put credence on this. Wow. Like oh, they this is new. Yeah. yeah we like that thought process. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 3.75 on untapped. Buy it immediately when it means absolutely nothing. Um, but a lot of people do put credit on that. So in this situation, I'll either put no rating at all, just so I don't impact their score. Yeah. 42 check-ins too. Yeah. This like what we're going to put on this is probably going to knock this. Yeah. Good. Or I'll put, I would, if I were to be forced, if, if no rating was not an option, I'd give it like a one or even less because it's, it's absolutely flawed. Like this is not, this beer is not made correctly and that's unacceptable as and far then, as like. Tom, what do you think about doing our first flawed? The, uh, the other thing is that we don't know exactly. We don't know if you're tasting the same thing that we're tasting because like you said, your beer was heated to probably a hundred degrees. Yeah, easily. <clears throat> um, so we have no way of telling if we're tasting the exact same flavors as you. Um, it seems as though uh, the beer was, you know, undisturbed as far as the you know, the flavors go. But um, well, it's good that like we're getting kind of the same thing. So I'm, yeah. like, I'm so glad that the heat did not really affect too much because we kind of are talking about the same thing, yeah. which is nice. But she I will easily just either oxidize the beer, like make it taste like cardboard and paper or it will kill off the um, hop character. And sometimes in extreme cases, it can create like a sherry note, like um, that horrible wine, you know, like, like hot. Yeah. And yep. maybe that is the, uh, the, what I'm calling nail polish remover. Like I could, I could, but we're getting, it we're, too, we're getting that nail polish remover yeah, as well. That's what I was saying. Like, I, I agree with that because I'm getting that and it sat in my fridge like yeah. this entire time. I don't think it's flawed due to the temperature personally. Yeah, I think. <clears throat> See I, where I, I'm, I was always taught that uh, a beer skunks or gets bad when it goes from cold to hot to cold to hot. You know, that, that kind of. That's a myth. It's, it's light. It's UV rays. When you okay. said that, I went, oh, I'm going to shut my mouth and learn something. Yeah, right that, that, that makes <laughs> se- that makes complete sense because On I mean, factual, most of the skunks beers that I've had have been bottles. Yeah. Every skunk beer I've had has been in a bottle. Anakin's in a green bottle in the U.S. because we actually like that flavor. It's a brown bottle everywhere else in the world because we, as Americans, want a little bit of skunk in our Heineken. Or our oldest brewery say, in America. Rolling Rock. Or, oh, no, I was going to say uh, Yingling. Yeah, Yingling too. We're, we're local to Yingling. Yingling. Which you, I'm sure you get out there, right? Yeah, we get Yingling. I mean, not a lot, but I, I don't. I typically only shop at bottle shops or at the breweries, but I see it in the stores once in a while. Okay, so um, you guys do get it out there. I didn't know if you got it on the West Coast. We get that and like hams and like uh, uh, hams. Come on, the older, older beers and all the hipsters love the hams and the, the Pabst and all that kind of stuff. You know. See, I can't deny a good like a good hams in a fridge if I'm going to get my hair cut at a hipster bar. Are you going to say you're, you're <laughs> not going to mention Pabst? I will. I will crush a Pabst any day of the week. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good beer. Like I would rather have a Pabst than this. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't have. Uh, I can't. Oh. I don't think I can reach it. Oh, uh, he's going for his glass. This is uh, this is one of my pride and joys. I don't know if you can see that here. It's a stained oh, yeah. glass Pabst Blue Ribbon. I never seen that. That is that's top shelf quality right there, man. Hopefully, there's no head in that though. <laughs> Hopefully, there's no what. No lead in there. <laughs> I don't know. I, it hasn't killed me yet. So I have that in a Miller High Life. 
of the same style. That's my favorite Miller beer. I don't care. Champagne and beer. Champagne and beer. Absolutely. uh, Absolutely. Stickman. That's his favorite beer too. Yep. We have a, I don't know how, if you get it out there, but shot in a beer. Shot in a beer. We get uh, out here. It's called a citywide. You get a. Uh, you go to a bar, and so like a certain day of the week, um, you get a five dollar. You get a bottom shelf shot of whiskey, and a. Uh, some places will do a pounder of uh, high life or banquet beer. Yeah, banquet beer. Course. Yeah. yeah. I, I left that life behind ten years ago. Oh yeah. No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't had a citywide in a minute. Yeah, my back's hurting just thinking about it right now. <laughs> yeah, my head's starting to hurt. Um, I actually seek low alcohol beers because I, I like to be able to enjoy them all day. Like, I'm not looking to get shmammy pants on one or two beers anymore. That's kind of how I go. Like, I start my weekend days. Like, when it gets to a certain point where I'm like, all right, I'm going to crack a beer, I go like low to high as I go throughout. So I kind of build up to where, like, when the kid and the lady go to bed and I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, you know what? This is where I'm going to crack the 9%, you know, get it out sit there and watch a movie. I have no problem. I, I, you know, you can look your, look down your nose at me all you want, but I have no problem drinking. I have no problem drinking a a, a shitty beer as a word. Like I'll drink a high life. I'll drink a, a, a natty light. I'll drink a Miller light, a Coors light, whatever. If I'm sitting out in the sun, I'm sitting out on a deck or, you know, I'm, I'm drinking at one in the afternoon and I know I'm going to be drinking a little bit during the day. No problem with that. Bud Light, I draw the line there. Bud Light is like garbage. I can't do Budweiser. Any it's Budweiser horrible. Product, I can't do it. All right. I well, love me a Pacifico with a lime all day. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Pacifico. So one, Bud Heavy, the regular, the standard Bud Red Label, I could drink that. I can drink that all day. I can only no, I can't. Nothing. I think that's because that's like that's like the first beer that I ever drank. Even when it comes from Coors, like I hate Coors Light. I love Coors Banquet though. Banquet beers. Banquet beers, all right. And especially in the pill bottle, like if I can find in the pill bottle, I'm like sold on it. Like even if it's a bar, like oh yeah, we only have these like weird bottles. I'm like, I will take that. (laughs) What about what about a Modelo with an orange? I have never gone down that road, but I might have to try it on your recommendation. Modelo with an orange or uh, Soul. Do you get soul? Soul's good, yeah. Soul's, like soul's good. Soul is good. That was a, I'm a series right now where I'm getting to this exact point that you guys are kind of bringing up right now is like people talk shit on all these like Coors Light or whatever, but Coors Light, Miller Light, Miller High Life, Coors Pill Bottle—they're all what they're supposed to be. Consistently. And so like, maybe you just don't like uh, light American lagers. It's not that it's a shit beer. It's that you don't like that. Style. You don't like or, that variation. Yeah. Or you don't like the stigma of the macro brewery. Yeah. You know? Um, so real quick, getting back to it, Dan, I'm fine doing a, I'm fine doing our first incomplete. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we're going to do a, a n- what, not applicable. A flawed? Yeah. Flawed. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would do it for this only because they only have 42 check-ins on this. So this is a relatively new thing for them. Um, you know, everybody has that test pancake they throw out there and to see uh, see what sticks. This did not stick. This yeah. this slid down the wall, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> this did not pull off the the carry strug and this was like that little the like uh, the little sticky guy you get in the quarter machine that just goes down the wall. <laughs> <laughs> or the the hand. Oh yeah, the hands like flap hand. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> um, so you're gonna you're gonna start doing a uh, a series with like macro beers. 
Uh, not necessarily macro beers, but I'm calling it like uh, drinking with style. You know, I like to be clever and, or think I am anyway. And I'm, <laughs> I have the entire uh, BJCP manual, which is the style guidelines for every single type of beer. And I'm going through it one beer at a time. And I'm like, and the first beer I just did was um, Miller Lite, and that's style 1A American Light Lager. And I read the description according to the certification program, what this beer should look like, smell like, taste like, feel like, everything, what its vibe should be, you know. And then I drink that beer, compare it to the notes, and decide, like, to explain style. And my goal, goal is education. Like, I want people to know that this is actually what this style beer should taste like. It's not, this beer doesn't suck because you don't like American light lagers. This beer might suck because it's flawed or it doesn't meet the style guidelines, but it's not because you don't like it. I'm trying to remove the nuance of personal opinion and draw a line at this is what this beer is, this is what this beer should be, and it tastes that way because it is actually correct. And you just change your opinion from this beer sucks to I don't enjoy American light lagers kind of thing. I, I mean, I love, I love the idea of that. Yeah. I like it a lot too, because there, there are some beers that like are from these big macros where I'm like, I enjoy this beer. Like you, we I've never had, life. I've never had a bad Miller light. Never had one. Like no. I, I don't like Miller. Like I like High Life. Like I like High Life. Like yeah, I'm not like, big, I, like on the lights, but like High Life Banquet. I'm not going to say that I like Miller Lite. You know, I'm not going to seek it out. But I've never had one where I'm like, this is a bad beer. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a that's good point. My, that's the point I'm trying to get at. Like I'm not going to seek it out either. I don't want it, but I it, I can appreciate it for achieving its target of exactly what it is. Yeah. See, like Coors Light, it has a certain taste that I don't appreciate. I'll drink it, and I, you know, it's it's. I know it's going to taste the same every single time, and I, I, it has a taste, and I can go to Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock, I despise the taste of that beer, but it's going to taste the same every time I have it. So I can appreciate what they're doing. It's like uh, every time I go, every winter when we go snowboarding, we have Amstel Light as our like our post mountain beer, and it's like that's the only one with light at the end that I ever drink. Like I don't like any of the like the light beers, like Miller. Coors. You don't like a Miller Light? No, I've never liked Miller. Light. I mean, your 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 dad's a Coors Light guy. He's, he's a Coors Light he guy. He likes the Blue Mountains. He was silver. He, he rides Corona the Silver Bullet. Come on, Corona Light with a lime. I don't know. Well, no, go, go full light. Corona. Go full Corona. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I do, but I'm I guess. Well, hold on, hold on. Well, I guess we shouldn't say go. Yeah. Don't go full Corona. Don't go full Corona. <laughs> I, think, I think we found drink our podcast a, title. Don't drink, go full Corona. <laughs> drink a regular Corona or a full Corona with proper Josh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, yeah, throw a, a, I just had one a couple weeks ago. I bought a lime specifically so I could drink Corona. Delicious. I like typical better, but Corona is great. Uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge light, you know, I, for the most part, if I have the option, you know, Corona, I think is better than Corona light. You know, Yingling better than Yingling Light, Budweiser better than Bud Light. I, You're just saying what I just said. Like, I like yeah, for the most part, yeah. Light, but yeah. I, I mean, Miller Light, I'm going to drink more often than High Life. I do appreciate High Life, but I feel like Light is more accessible. I feel like Amstel Light is like my only favorite light beer. I feel like that just 
it always just hits the spot after every. Session. It's the same way. Like my wife's family strictly drinks Michelob Ultra. And I don't know if it's because they think they're being healthy by drinking that, but it is. You said you're a cyclist. So is that like what everybody searches for after their like session? They're just trying to get that like low calorie, John. Um, well, McKellar actually makes a beer specifically for the post ride or post run um, oh, okay. running club beer, cycling club beers. Um, they're, they're always light pilsners or light loggers that crisp light. They're hydrating. They put B12 in a couple of them just for fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> I get I, 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 B12 I, in there. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I like just feel like you're being healthy drinking it. Yeah. I can get down on that. Yeah. We usually go with the light <laughs> ones after mountain biking. That's like the big one. So how did you, how did you get into beer? Like what, what was the, what was the, there was a point in your life where you, you were drinking beer and then you were like, all right, well, I like this so much. I want to get into educating people. I want to find out more about it. What was the, what was the tipping point on that? Um, I growing up, I, I, I didn't like beer. Like I, I, to me, beer was Coors Light. Like that's what my dad drank. And if I ever like snuck a swig at a party or something, I was like, Oh, this is so gross. <laughs> like, why are you guys drinking this? I'm fairly uh, certain so- that proper, proper Josh is just West coast. Tom. Yeah. West coast. Me. Yeah. You too. I, w- I was not a big beer person. Like I would definitely pick like a Mike's hard lemonade over oh, yeah. beer graduation every time. Party, I yeah. had a cooler full of beer in my trunk and you actually, I was, was drinking, like, I'm going to risk it and try to get beer or try to get Mike's hard lemonade from yep. the pizza place. Down no, the street. I, I drank at Dan's graduation party. I drank two forties of Mike's hard lemonade rather than all the accessible beer. And if you remember Zima, Oh yeah. Oh God. Oh yeah. Fruity, you know? <laughs> yeah. Probably why I like yeah, sour so, so much. I didn't like beer. Like I, cause I thought that's what beer was. Yeah. And then, um, my buddy had me try a red trolley, which is a Carl Strauss is a, a iconic San Diego brewery. I think they're probably national at this point for sure. But, um, it was a, just a red, a hoppy red ale. And I was like, Oh shit. Like beer can have flavor. That's interesting. Yeah. And I kind of had that in the back of my head, but I, I never really thought about it again. And then I got really into wine. Um, I live in an area that there's, there's wineries all over the place. And I would, every weekend I would, my buddies and I would just cruise out to wineries and do wine tasting. And it's basically just organized drinking just everybody just shmammy pants and just saying you're a wine or whatever. Yeah, it's, a cl- it's a classy way to get hammered. It really is. It, wines are 14, 15, 16% sometimes. And so you're wine tasting all day and you're, you're done. And so, but there's antioxidants. So you're actually, you're, yeah. you're, you're cleansing your body of the ox, uh, the toxins sure. and you're, you're, it, the reds are good for your heart. I agree. <laughs> I still love wine. I enjoy red wine. Yeah. I love red wine. It's but, fantastic. And I like got good into Malbec, wine. like Malbec's like my, that's my go-to. When it, like if I'm like a search out of red, I love that. I like a petite Syrah or like a really dirty old vines in like I like leather and tobacco and earth. Like I really want to taste the the gnarliness of it. Like yeah. the gnarly better for me. Like the oakier too. Like you want to taste the barrel sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Every time in my sours too. That's why I don't like kettle sours. It's just like, where's the complexity? Yeah. You want to taste yeah, with, with kettle sours, you just get it's the fruit. It's the uh, was it the what is that um, that ferments right away in the kettle sours? We talked about it last episode. 
I don't remember. It's what separates them from like like the sour saisons and stuff like that. Uh, it'll come to me later. Well, a brewing method. Like like it's you'll uh, bring method. the beer up to about 100 degrees and pitch lactobacillus in there. That's is, it. Yeah. Yeah. No, the lactobacillus. Yeah. We talked about that two episodes ago with Greg. Oh, it was two episodes. Yeah, yeah with Greg. Yeah. And you can just throw that in there and let it sit 24, 48 hours and that'll cultivate and make your beer sour, but it won't have any complexity. Whereas if you do it in a barrel or open air fermentation, all those bugs are flying around everywhere and they're going to slowly grow and develop and they're going to create all kinds of nuance that you're never going to get out of a kettle sour, which is you just get sour plus whatever fruits in there or whatever that's what else. We had with Greg where mm-hmm. we just, he, he would just let it sit for like three he, he would let it sit for months and then he would bottle it and then let it sit again for like four right. years yeah we had a we had a home brewer on uh two episodes ago yeah and he was all about brewing with yeast and uh and kind of cultivating the yeast and and seeing what flavors he could get out of that yeah the one yeah. we had he like scraped a wildflower off and just like cultivated yeast from like flowers in his backyard yeah, we, we did that. We do that. We off of fruit. Like if you ever at the grocery store, that white film on fruit, that's yeast. You can just yeah. throw a grape in your beer if you wanted to. A lot of times depends what's on there, but yeast is everywhere and it's wild yeast. And that's what a wild ale is, is a beer fermented with wild yeast. Yeah. And it's really fun to do. And you can dump the dregs from a sour or something from another brewery and get yeast that way. And that's what he was also talking about. On your plate, all that stuff. It's yeah. great. It's, you can get, you can go super nerdy if you want to. And, and I definitely do. So we, so, all right. So you're, you know, you, you got into wines. Um, yeah. So I got into wine really heavily and I have like a, I have what I call like, like a addictive personality kind of thing where I get into something, I get into it. You go, yeah. You go 110% into everything. A hundred or zero with things. And so I got way into wine and I, I started like studying wine and the, the different growing regions and why they taste the way and the different yeast and the different procedures and everything that had to do with wine. And so I got to the point where I know a lot about wine. I love wine. I want to make some wine. And that's, basically impossible at the home level to do well. I mean, you can make wine, but you're not going to make great wine in your garage with fruit you bought from someone else that you didn't grow. Like I, if I was to make wine, I would need to grow the grapes and get my own terroir and all that kind of stuff. Just make a toilet wine like in prison. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can make wine for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Like Boone Farm. I can make some Boone Farm right now. (laughs) (laughs) And so I got to that like wall where I was like, well, I've taken this as far as I can. Um, I can't produce wine and I want to continue my journey here. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to take everything I've learned with wine and I'm going to apply it to beer because I can absolutely make beer at home. And so I just, everything I knew about wine, I applied to beer, how to taste, how to understand, how to the fermentation process, the brewing process, everything. And then I just went off in that direction. And now Wine is like something I still love. I still appreciate. I will gladly take a glass of wine anytime, but beer has been my new journey because just like wine, you can drink beer to fully appreciate it and fully experience it. And it's, it's a crafted beverage that is worth the time to put into it to taste it. Nice. So you just like trans like transition that addictive personality from wine and took that in and just did it for beer. 
Exactly. <laughs> so what was so you said the Hoppy Red Ale was like kind of like the one that kind of kickstarted it. What was the uh, what was the first official like? What was the beer that started the proper Josh like rating and like videos and everything like that? What like what got you started with that? I don't know if there was a particular beer with that. Um, I just like with wine, I started slow, really taking my time and really appreciating and really wondering and putting a lot of thought into every glass I had. And in the beginning, I was doing that with beer. But then when you get good at something, you get too comfortable with it. And so I found that I reflect one day, I'm just drinking these beers really fast. And my all this time I spent into understanding them has become just a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And it kind of made me sad. I was like, why did I spend all this time if I'm just going to revert back to this now more educated, but juvenile rating of up or down good or bad. And so I was like, I'm going to hold myself accountable and I'm going to start really taking my time again, but I'm going to make videos so that I keep myself accountable to this task. So it became like, it was first like documenting it for yourself, but then like putting it out there, people were interested in what you had to say about the beers. Like you were doing it for yourself at first, but then it just became something that people were interested in. They started watching them and they got hooked on it. They were like, we want to know more. Like we want to know more from Josh. I guess like I wouldn't say like people (laughs) really, but I exactly that though. I made it for my, I was doing it for my own accountability to slow down and appreciate and really respect the beer. Right to make a great beer, it takes time to create that recipe. It takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of skill. It's this beautiful amalgamation of art and science and skill and knowing how to be clean, quite frankly, because 75% of brewing is scrubbing things. Yeah. Like a but simple, like thumbs up or thumbs down just don't, doesn't give it justice. It doesn't do, it doesn't respect to the time that went into creating this thing, you know? Yeah. And so it was just a way for me to slow myself down. And then I started, people started liking it. Like I'm not, by any means an influencer or Insta famous or anything, but, um, I have a little Insta famous. I met a lot of really cool people and I have a lot of too many ongoing conversations with people that have, and I love it. Like I, I'm an educator. That's what I like to do. And people send me these questions and questions and questions. And I love it. Like I want to share this community of beer and education but sometimes it takes me a minute to get back to people too, because it's just, it's a lot of questions and stuff. And I just met really awesome people. And I think I just kind of walked that line of like, I don't have like a ton of followers, but the followers I do have, I feel like I have a somewhat of a relationship with. And I think that's more important to me, you know, to have a real connection with people and spread that education and spread the experience and the love of craft beer. And most of the time, as I'm sure you guys know, going out doing your podcasts and things and going to breweries, as a general statement, most beer people are awesome people. We're just like down to earth and, and we're communing over a common love. Of I would something. agree hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. I was going to say every single like true beer person we've even met, like they've been just genuine welcoming to like for the podcast, like we couldn't ask for a better group of, I would say friends who just promote us oh, absolutely. just from hanging out with us and being on the podcast yeah. and just talking and just, uh, you know, this podcast didn't even start out as a craft beer podcast. Yeah. We didn't want, we weren't going to do like craft beer is going to be like just a small portion of what we were going to do for this podcast. Yeah. We were just like, we're two guys that like drinking craft beer. Uh, so let's throw this into our, our podcast. And then the commute, the craft beer community is the reason we kind of 
veered towards being a craft beer podcast. It was my secret plan all along <laughs> because I, I brought the idea of we should feature a beer every episode. So I started just bringing beer over and I'm just like, Gary, come on, keep trying these beers. But we just, we started getting, we started getting a, a craft beer, you know, a following from the craft beer community on Instagram. And it just, it kind of grew and grew and it was like, all right, well, we're not getting, we're getting, you know, five follows from craft beer people to every one not craft beer pe- person. And we're like, well, you know, so obviously they're enjoying the the craft beer portion of our podcast. So let's just let's lean steer into the ship it. right into it. And it, it, honestly, it's been wonderful. You know, we've it's been had a lot of fun. It's been more fun than like the like the origins of the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've, we've met fantastic people and, you know, people who I would consider friends now yeah, at this definitely. point. And, and, you know, we've shared beer between each other. You know, we've, we've done beer meetups, even in the, the, you know, this pandemic, we've been able to find ways to meet up with people and, and share beer. Yeah. I mean, just the Jersey collective, like one of my favorite bands in Jersey collaborated with a beer. And I knew a guy from the podcast who just happened to be right down the, like near the brewery. And he's like, yeah, man, I'll ship it to you. No problem. And I was like, it was amazing because I've been looking for this beer for like years. You know, we had a, we had a brewery out here and I don't know if they ship out to you, but they're called, uh, they're called flying fish and they're out of, uh, they're out of New Jersey. And, you know, they, we featured one of their, we featured, you know, one of their styles of beer. They did a, uh, a session sour series where yeah, it, was it was all fruited. When we did our summer crushers yeah. and everything with our summer beers, it was like, it was definitely like a great summer beer and they had yeah. a variety pack of it. And, uh, and when we, when we put out the, the promo for that episode and they, they listened to the episode and they, they wrote on our, you know, about our podcast on their Instagram page that, you know, it, it felt like they were just like at a bottle share with a bunch of friends, like listening. And that was the, that honestly, that, that was one of the best compliments that I could have got or or, or that we could have got about our podcast is that, you know, that's, that's what we want it to be. We want to, we want to be able to talk about beer. We want it to feel like you're just hanging out with us, drinking beer, you know, that's what it is, you know, and that's why we do, sometimes we do YouTube videos because I know when, when I get to drinking, I like to look up funny YouTube videos and talk yes. about that. Sometimes we just want to watch Will Smith get embarrassed on the red table talk. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we you just want to do that. that. Well, it sounds like you guys have found an awesome niche and it's like people are looking for community right now too. Like a lot of people are locked up or cooped up or not working or definitely not getting the amount of social interaction that they would, we need as human beings. And so you're kind of developing your own little community there and, and spreading that love. So that's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to, we're going to wrap up here in a minute. Uh, but I did want to, I did want to bring this up to you because, um, I know you're, you're not a fan of hazy. Um, why do you got to keep bringing it up? What are we going <laughs> to, do you know what I'm going to bring up? No, okay. I don't know what okay. bring up. So, um, our favorite brewery out here, uh, you know, our favorite top, you know, Top two, top. one or two. Yeah. Um, is Stickman. It's our it's our local brewery. We've had the brewmaster on. They do great beers. We'll probably send you out some. Um, just to represent you know what Philadelphia or what Pennsylvania can do. I was gonna say their their Pilsner's better than both of the Pilsners we've yeah. had. So um, but uh they put out uh one of their staple beers. It's called Sensible Portions, and all of their beers are named, they're all tongue-in-cheek names. So Sensible portions was named because they put a shit ton of hops in there. It's, it's a double IPA. Yes. Uh So when they originally put it out, it was a haze boy. 
And everybody, you know, it was welcomed because it was a very popular recipe. They put it out again. Um, probably what, like three, four months ago? Like maybe yeah. three months uh, ago? No, 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 not even that. I probably think like maybe May. two months ago. I was going to say, it's like May, beginning yeah. of June. So they, they put it back out again and they've been experimenting with not using lactose in their And different ye- yeast strains. Yeah. And basically just not being hazy with them anymore. So they put out a new sensible portions and it wasn't hazy and the untapped community shit on it just shit on it and it was it was tasted the, an, it, it tasted was the same it tasted yep. exactly in fact i thought it tasted better to be honest it was a great beer it was it was delicious it was a little bit lighter too which was nice because it was like getting into summer right there and we were enjoying it on the front porch i'm like this is a really good recipe i liked it so much but they got so much backlash because they couldn't taste the haze they couldn't they couldn't take their pictures with it. They couldn't take uh, that, pictures that was with it. What yeah. it ultimately boiled down to is people couldn't take their hazy pictures with it and they didn't like it. So and it went it goes right back to what we were talking about with, with untapped. It was it it got poor scores on untapped. Not which, for me. Which brought it down because it wasn't hazy. But what what happened was Ethan, the the you know, the head brewer and owner there he put out a huge like diatribe on Instagram stories. So yeah. It was so long that it fit like what, like three slides on an Instagram story. I thought it was like five. It was like, you had to keep tapping through it as you read it. It was, yeah, it was a, but basically he, he went through and told everybody what the brewing process was. And ultimately it ended with like haze isn't a flavor. Haze, the, the, the haze has nothing to do with it. And we talked to another, uh, another guy who did artwork for a couple of breweries and worked for breweries. And he was like, you know, the haze craze is, is kind of ridiculous because for decades, the, the whole thing about brewing beers was clarity. Like clarity was King. Like if you go to, if you go to uh, beer competitions, it's like clarity is a, a part of that, the judging so like haze, it's kind of like going like the opposite direction of what it's supposed to be. Haze tried to be like they they tried to be punk rock when it first came out. Like you had like like places like Alchemist, like the Alchemist would do like and Hedy it was Topper. like yeah, Heady Topper or Focal Banger. They were slightly like they were slightly hazy, but they were like drink it from the can. Like you never poured it out for the photo or anything. You just drank it from the can, but it had that unfiltered kind of taste to it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what we have. Like the, you have brewers kind of revolting against the haze craze. Now it's like the hazy double IPAs. They're easy to brew. You know, it's, they sell because you can take a picture of it. They, you know, they look good in pictures. It, it is what it is, but people started. What's that? Those pictures turn my stomach. <laughs> proper uh was it proper vase wear i like the new glassware craze that's going on right now where people are finding yeah. uh they're finding glasses that look like fucking flower vases and they're just pouring new beer into boxes, it. bongs whatever you know i see have all. you seen that untapped wtf instagram yet yeah. Yeah, yeah that's my favorite hashtag now is proper vase wear so i i, I don't even go to untapped WTF anymore. I just go to the hashtag and I just look at proper face <laughs> wear and I just laugh. I give myself a good giggle before I start my day. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as much as we, we talk about, you know, the, the merits of the craft beer community, sometimes we also shit on <laughs> it can be exhausting sometimes just well, like I think it's the difference in people who like trends and people who like true beer too, you know, and it's, and people that have been around for a long time, drinking for a long time and have seen all these, um, crazes come and go and people that are just getting into beer and, Hazy's king right now. And so they think that's what beer is. And but you also get the, know. you also get the people that are trying to, they're, they're they want to take pictures and get the likes. They want to get the clicks, you know, sure. that, that's what's going to get them the, you know, the, the influencer advertisements, you know, you're going to get the, the brewery advertisements and the, you know, no offense to you, but the, you know, you're going to get the Tavor promo codes. I'm still the, waiting for ours. I'm yeah. just waiting for them to slide into our DMS. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, um, you know, I've had good good times with the app, so I, I won't shit on them. But yeah, come on, man, let's uh, use promo code Best Best Friends Pod. That's Best Best Friends Pod. I don't have an. I don't have a. Sound it's okay. Right. It's okay. You don't have to go. To anyway, <laughs> so you know that is it, you know uh, there's definitely uh, with anything you get it, it, two sides of the coin. It's like you well, said. One of the reasons I originally it annoyed me is that they were calling it IPA. Because IPA has a specific flavor profile, and IPA sh- should, by definition, be bitter. It should be crisp. It should be dry. It should have a resinous citrus component. I mean, that's a, that's a that's a West Coast IPA. You're describing a West Coast IPA. It's. I mean, I'm, a West Coast IPA is just an extreme version of an American mm-hmm. IPA. But an American IPA should be crisp and dry and have. Uh, a hop forward a character and ex- be extremely bitter compared to the malt ratio and things. And then there was before the haze craze. I don't know if you guys remember, there was like the IPA craze and there was black IPA, red IPA. Oh, yeah. I hate black IPAs so much. It's my like least favorite beer. Like I, I never, I never say I hate style of beer more than I hate black IPAs. It's like my least favorite style. It's so funny because like the, the term IPA became synonymous with hoppy. Yeah. There was, if it was hoppy, it was now an IPA, even though IPA stands for India pale ale. So you can't have a red pale ale. You can't have a black pale ale. Right. It became an oxymoron. It was terrible. And so hazies are called IPAs and be, meaning that they're full of hops. There's a shit ton of hops in hazies, but they're all late additions or dry hops that, that give it a juicy note and no bitterness. And so I think as, a, as an IPA purist and someone from San Diego who loves West Coast IPA more than any other beer out there, um, it was just kind of annoying. Like this, it, it was like, call this juice box beer, call this fuzzy mommies, kids, whatever, call it something. And fine. I'll, I will never say a word about it. Well, I think they said it's a farmhouse. Ale, basically. They're, they're all, a, it's a, it's a bastardized version of the new England style IPA. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, Hetty Topper and Focal Banger. The first time I had those, I was like, Oh, these are fantastic. Yeah. Like, the hot profile on them are amazing. Yeah. And, but it, it, then they got, they took it so far that when people were trying to figure out how to make these people were putting flour in them and shit and making them just clumpy, nasty. And they're really, they're really, there's no secret. Like you use oats, you use wheat and you use a low flocculating yeast and you put all your hops in at the end and boom, you have a hazy, like it's not complicated. And that's why breweries like it because it's a quick moneymaker. Right. Like they can, they can, they can just pump these beers out. And it's funny because like I, I knew a friend who was like in the hazies. So I was, I was snowboarding in Vermont. I got Lawson's sip of sunshine. I don't know if you've guys gotten that out there. 
It's kind of like yeah. Alchemist. It's very similar to Alchemist drink from the drink from the can style New England IPA. Just very hoppy, but has that just hint, just a little hint of juice, but it's hop all the way through beginning to end. And I got it for him and he's like, this is New England. He's like, where's the haze? Where's the juice? He like poured it. I'm like, dude, drink it out of the can. It says it right there. <laughs> Yeah. And it was, it was, it was hard. I was heartbroken. That's a, that's, and I think that's a big problem is that the haze got associated with that, like juiciness and the, uh, the, the, a a bit of a a smoother, more citrusy, uh, new England style. I will say there are some out there that I do enjoy. I do my homework though. I try to research the ones that I like the most out there. Double dry hop store was fine back yeah i mean Stickman, we rebel hill we've had conversations mm-hmm. about great um some great hazy ipas out there but i i i pay more attention to the recipe i i look to see what they're doing with it instead of just like hey we're gonna dump like a couple cans of diced peaches in here and we're gonna see what happens oh and this podcast has been a complete like i've seen a complete change in you as far as like you know used to be like look at this hazy boy look how hazy this is. And now you're like, Oh, you know, the hop profile in this is so good. You know, you're, you get more into like the flavor and describing, you know, how the beer tastes and just cause it's hazy doesn't mean it's good. You know, it got you to know. the point where people were doing the flashlight test out here where they're putting a flashlight up to their glass of haze. And if it, you, if it was translucent at all, that wasn't a hazy, like the, no light could pass through it. It's just so ridiculous. They're doing spectrum tests. <laughs> oh yeah. I know. I, I you know, that. I'm, they've got the light, the color spectrum test. Like they're doing a fucking UV beer. It has nothing to do with, it's just, is this hazy or not? Like I'm, the hazy thing you have was the, the slogan of uh, bar beer tenders everywhere around here. We're just so tired of it. Just people walking in. You mean, what's the haziest thing you have? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know this bar rag. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, you know, I, I'm guilty of what you know, when the haze craze first started, I was, you know, blown away. Like, Oh my God, look how hazy this is. Oh, you can't see anything through it. And I'm the, I was the same way. It's just, you know, but that also, I, I'm also thankful for that because it, it gave me one of my favorite beers that I've ever had. And that's, you know, uh, I've talked about it multiple times. I know you don't get it out there. It's a new trail flannel weather, but it was, it was a hazy, a hazy IPA. And I, I, you know, couldn't think of a more hipster name for a hazy than flannel weather. And I, I, I sent it to Dan like, Oh, look how hazy this is. And I tried it and it's, it's still, it stands out as one of the best IPAs that I've ever had. There's one of the best beers, beers I've ever had. Bad beers in every style. Oh yeah. And in summation, drink what makes you happy. You gotta I, do I, your research too. Yeah. yeah. 100% agree. You know, I I won't I, I won't look down at anyone for for the style that they drink, but if you only drink one style and you say I'm only I only drink, you know, double IPAs, like all right, that's when I'll start looking down at you like you're not a you're not really a beer drinker, you're a trend drinker. That's all you are. Yeah. I mean, there are beers that I prefer, but I mean, if I'm going to, if it, if it piques my fancy, like we had that new, uh, that New Zealand Pilsner from Aslan and I was like, facts that, yeah, well, that's facts. It was great. Yeah. That was the name and that was facts. It was a great Pilsner. I enjoyed that Pilsner from first to last. Well, on that note, 
Um, I think we should wrap it up here. Okay. Um, Josh, very much appreciate you coming on, giving us some education. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. This has been eye opening for me. I can spend another two hours talking to you about beer. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on and thanks for sending me these, uh, Pennsylvania gems. We're we're gonna we're gonna make up. we're gonna make up for this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even worry about it, man. I got lots of good beer. Um, Dan, when do you wanna you wanna plug? Uh, yeah, I guess we can plug our. Uh, we'll plug the podcast here first. Yeah. Um, everybody who's listening, we just want to let you know to uh, subscribe, rate, and review. If this is your first episode, because you saw that proper Josh was on the episode go ahead and take a look at our back catalog um, review to help us show up better. Tell your friends about the cast. Uh, follow us on social media. Uh, Instagram and Facebook is best, best friends pod. That's at best, best friends. P O D open up the pit. Yeah. That's a, that's a deep cut right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, email us uh, beers to review. I mean, we're trying to find, yeah, whatever around here. I mean, even across the country, if you're somebody who wants to be on a podcast and you want to send us something that's in your town that you think is a good choice, uh, email us. It's best, best friends pod. That's at best, best friends, P O D. Open up the pit at gmail.com. Um, follow Josh on Instagram. Um, absolutely worth the, worth the follow. Uh, his, his beer videos are great. Um, the quickies are awesome. Cause I know you keep them kind of under what a minute and a half. My goal is always a minute, but sometimes my long winded ass goes a little over <laughs> um, Instagram TV and then it becomes IGTV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The click there's an extra step to get those views you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you can follow josh at proper underscore josh uh same thing on uh untapped if you want to follow what beers he's drinking and what he's rating um yeah i mean i can't say enough good things about your about your instagram page and the, the education um and the breakdowns that you give on those beers um yeah, yeah we're, a, we're growing our knowledge of craft yeah. beer as we developed this podcast guess by guess we became aficionados and then now we just want to learn more and we want to become better educated and having guests like you has been eye openers for us we learn we learn something new every episode and we appreciate you being on i really appreciate it guys thanks for the for the uh, ego boost there and the confidence <laughs> and i don't think you're going to pick up any followers from having me as a guest but um we'll, we'll see what we can do <laughs> we'll keep doing the lord's work uh, over there on the uh, on the west coast and uh um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, Dan, uh, just one thing to say to you, if I can find it. So nice to be in the I love you. Again. Always have. <laughs> <laughs> We're the best, best friends podcast. Uh, so West coast. Yep. Uh, everyone remember, uh, the, the Clintons killed Jeffrey Epstein. Um, and Ghislaine Maxwell is just as guilty. Wait, it's not Ghislaine? Ghislaine. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, that's episode 27. Best Best Friends Podcast. We'll see you all next week. Peace. See you. Pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. This podcast is hosted by 
Best friends 